Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week, we watched Steins Gate, a 24-episode 2011 anime based on a 2009 visual novel of the same name. The visual novel is part of the science adventure franchise, along with Chaos Head and Robotics Notes. The story is set in 2010 and follows Rintaro Okabe, a self-proclaimed mad scientist who runs the Future Gadget Laboratory in an apartment together with his friends. They accidentally discover a method of time travel through which they can send text messages to the past, thereby changing the present. Okabe uses this mess- Okabe uses this method to repeatedly try and prevent a death, while an organization attempts to get their hands on the technology. Critics praised its character development and its themes of time travel, human nature, and its perspective on PTSD. It is considered one of the best anime series of the 2010s. The series has spawned four original net animation episodes and a spin-off film. An anime adaptation of the sequel, Steins Gate Zero, premiered in 2018. This was critically... I, I can't start this early. I, we literally just started. I can't start this early. Yes, it was. Hey, Bob, I have a new yes. vocab word for you. Oh, good. Okay, go ahead. Let's learn what a visual novel is. <laughs> a visual novel. It it's pretty straightforward. It's um very popular in Japan. Um, it's basically a visualization of a novel, in that it's uh, a text textual narrative um with like static or animated illustrations, and then varying degrees of interactivity in the story. Like most of them will have like multiple endings, so it's essentially like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Um. And in about 40 to 60% of them, the goal is to uh, make the main love interest undress and have sex with you. <laughs> I was going to say, most of them are, are romance-based, yes. You see, Bob, um, visual novel is shorthand for probably porn. Ah. <laughs> uh, Don't we worry, we'll cover that in another one later. Yeah, Japan has a lot more uh, specific categories, but um, any of it that gets ported to the West usually just falls under the title of visual novel. How, just real quick, how many seasons deep do we need to get before we do a season after dark and we just watch? We'll talk later. We'll talk later. Yeah, I have thoughts on that. <laughs> that means watching porn. Not really, but kind of. Well, I mean, why would they call it visual novel in? Um, American culture is, uh, but it, it, I guess to me that would be different. It'd be like, uh, watching animated comic books, I guess would be my analogy. Yeah, kind of. A motion comic, if you would. Yeah. So, okay. There's less porn. I was, I was actually reading something about this the other day, and I think, uh, a reason why this took off more in Japan has specifically had to do with, like, the way that Japanese computers were designed, because in order to, write the Japanese like um alphabets and especially all the kanji they needed a very specific style of like 
display processor where it was better at doing really fancy static images than anything with motion or action. Um, so you put all that effort into making sure you can write stuff. Well, now you do a lot of writing and then all of the like graphics for like the profile pictures and, and scenes and all of that just got, if you look at some of them from the era, like in like the what, PC 98 engine, I think is the one you hear about, but like some of the art from then is so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that solves one minute little thing for discussion later. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So. Listen, I have a lot more to say about the visual novelness of this show for the duration. So uh, how about we get right into talking about this show? Cool. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say this part. Mm. Uh, We watched four episodes of this 24-episode series. We watched episodes one, two, five, and nine. Sorry, audience. The month of October and leading into November kind of got a little weird in real life for a few of us. Yeah, this month went away. So, sorry. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around after an extended break. And here we are. Hello. Happy holidays. So that said, we're back. And Bob, I know we talked a little pre-show. You'd said you wanted me to kind of walk us through this. I feel like as a person who probably has a lot of uh, appreciation for this show. Oh, uh, boy, that's not foretelling. I would uh, lead into, uh, well, if it's a passion, maybe kind of a loose use of that word, uh, that you would be able to explain it in a way that uh, brings enjoyment and light. Well, I'll I'll forego my no, my normal desire to go hard and just kind of keep this, you know, high level overview. Some summary. Yeah, yeah like I, I put the the Wikipedia summary of the entry of the episodes uh, on our notes list. Um, but full disclosure, I watched this like two and a half weeks ago, and I do not remember <laughs> a lot of the details. You're all right. My notes are essentially a summary. Bring it so, on. So, short version, episode one, turning point. We get a lovely narration that is going to come off a little nonsensical first first go around. Let's just get that out there. And we we are introduced slowly, or not slowly, but, you know, as needed, to Okabe, Rintaro, and uh, Shinamayori. Rintaro Okabe and Shinamayuri, excuse me. <clears throat> and from there, they're going to a press conference slash, uh, I don't want to say TED Talk, it's not really an official uh, lecture, uh, by a gentleman, Dr. Nakabachi, and he's talking about time machines. Now, while they're at the uh, radio tower, Okabe hears a weird noise from the roof, goes up top, sees a gal, well, looks like a gal, svelte-type person, and a very odd-looking object, and just this person signals them, you know, stay stay back, don't come up here, and he complies. Proceeds to get a text message from Mayuri, because gachapon are a thing, no matter what age you are. They get this, she sees this thing for what are called upas. I 
this is where my knowledge fails me. I don't know if those are actually real in any way, shape, or form. They are um, a mascot character of Rynet Access Battlers. We will okay. put a pin in that for later. Okay, thank you. Okay, so there's the Upas thing. And she gets a rare metal Upa, which, if I remember correctly when I did my translation, was supposed to, which is like a thousand yen or something. It came out to like less than a hundred bucks. But for something that you pay like a dollar for. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, not a bad, not a bad pull. A Magic Gathering player, you know, you want to pull that Pokemon rare card. Hey, Bob. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's learn a new vocabulary word. Oh, yeah. Is it Okaba? No, I was going to say it's uh, Gachapon. <laughs> Gachapon. Is that like the, where they're talking about the vending machines? Yes. Uh, Gachapon is basically, um, you know, at the supermarket, the little like gumball machines with the little plastic capsules and the. Yeah, I've got so many bouncy balls as a kid. Exactly. Uh, stickers. Uh, those uh, are, those are Gachapon machines. Like, uh, they're. They're uh, capsule machines? Yes. Uh, specifically because it's just like, yeah, you put in a coin and you get something out and it's, um, it is sort of up to random chance. The difference being like what we have here in America is these like cheapest 25 cent hunk of plastic thing. But over in Japan, they do it like for real, for real, for serious. And there's like hundreds of them and you're getting like pretty nice, uh, you know, you know, again, little thing, like usually just like little collectibles or whatever, but like of like famous series and stuff like instead of like, if we had some that were not the like, all rubber, nameless, brandless little ninja dudes and and bouncy balls. If it was actually like, if you were getting like hero clicks out of you know Marvel yeah. branded hero clicks out of one of those, that's kind of what it is in Japan. My Are my you? mind immediately went to it's like here's here's this little ball that comes out and here's a Warhammer mini fully painted. Like oh mm-hmm. huh, okay oh god Don't Warhammer you would just be great. my slap hand. That, so and that's how they so catch nice. you. Slap hands were good. They were amazing. So, anyway, Mayuri gets this super rare Upa, and Okabe uh, goes to the lecture, we'll call it a lecture just for shorthand, um, and Dr. Nakabachi essentially outs himself as a fraud because he is repackaging the works of one John Titor, possibly one of the earliest internet memes slash mysteries um which when i first saw this didn't realize had been a thing but then read it like oh i did hear about that um we'll do we want to explain john teeter not yet okay like actual john teeter i i actually did not know that was a real thing hold up what okay so actual john teeter in Around Y2K, a person showed up in forums uh, and specifically uh, sent messages to the Art Bell show, and uh, I believe there were faxes, um, and, but they appeared in internet forums of the era, saying they were from the future, uh, 2032, something like that, and they said they came back from a dystopian future, essentially, uh, America had its own civil war, things got banned. Um, some conversation about CERN, that might be relevant here, um, and they came back in time to essentially get an IBM, M is important, 5100, because it needed the computing language that had, was somehow tied into CERN as a proprietary language. 
or it was definitely a proprietary language. I don't remember if the CERN connection was a hundred percent or not. Um, you're still, you're still talking about the real event, huh? The real event. Wow. And this was critically acclaimed as a show, huh? Uh huh. All right. Go on. Go on. Well, the thing is, it was a gentleman in the United States who was claiming to be from like Florida. Um, oh, Florida man. Yeah. yeah, Florida. Thank you for making it all make sense. Yeah. The original Florida man. And, you know, this, this was determined, you know, over time, people have kind of settled on who this probably was, who probably did this, and that it was probably a hoax. And they made some bold predictions about the future. And arguably, if you look at some of them, maybe some of those happened just at different times. But the discussion about world lines, essentially alternate reality time travel, was part of that at the time. And essentially, it was boiled down to that the person who did this was, and I forget who their name, it's been a minute, but essentially they worked for IBM at the time and knew about this proprietary coding because oh. only a handful of people actually knew about it. So translate that over when, uh, to this. And that was like all, uh, 1999, 1999, 2000. Cause it was like just around the Y2. I think it was just right before the Y2K, the actual ch- changing of the calendar. So anyway, they needed the computer to essentially, make computers in the future work because things had happened. Uh, so that, that was the real world John Teeter in a very clumsy nutshell. Okay. Wow. So Okabe, when hearing this in there is completely referencing the actual real world John Teeter events. Um, <clears throat> so that all said, now that he has had his moment to call out an old man, whose career is probably circling in the toilet. I don't know. Maybe a judgment on my part. Um, a young redheaded woman pulls him out to talk to him and asks, you know, Hey, what was that thing you were trying to tell me about like 15 minutes ago? Well, I've never met you before. Who are you? Recognizes her. She is noted 18 year old scientist, Makise Kurisu from America. Don't worry about it. Um, and naturally Okabe's completely rational, handling of the situation is he delves into the fantasy world. He kind of makes his reality and doesn't know how to handle talking to an actual woman other than Mayuri. I, and it runs off I, like a madman. Honestly, at this point when I was watching and like, we're not even at the intro yet, but like I was already yeah. working on theories about like, Hey, is pretty much everyone. This dude is hanging out with not real because like, Oh, they're real. When, but, but like when the girl called him over because she needed money for the gachapon, like she never interacts with the machine. He mm-hmm. does. And it's just like, it was doing some of that fight club stuff about just like, mm-hmm. oh, he's the only one who's like actually do the, when he has like the is phone call at the very beginning, it's just like, there's nobody on the other side of that phone, is there? Oh boy. Yeah. No, I believe me. When I first watched it, I started wondering it because like I couldn't tell where this was going initially mm-hmm. when I first saw it. Because this was one of the show, first shows I saw after I returned to anime after, you know, a long hiatus. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and I saw it in 2014, 2015, thereabouts. Um, without get, getting back onto it. So, Okabe, you know, gets away from the girl because, you know, ugh, real woman, what? And 
he hears a scream, he goes to investigate, and he finds Akusei Kurosu dead on the floor in a pool of her own blood. So he runs outside. Uh, I was tempted. The way you you said that, like, mm-hmm. with the cadence, it made me want to be like, uh, she was a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kinda, is a yeah. weird reference. I don't know how much of our audience will understand, and I don't know how much I should explain it. But audience, if you get the reference, say that. put it in the comments. Help those that don't. Introduce them to new stuff. Anyway, so he goes outside. You know, cops have been called. People are investigating. Sends a text to his buddy. We'll meet in short order. And then this weird thing happens where everyone disappears. And he's by himself. And he walks around the building and eventually he runs into Mayuri, who had been standing beside him outside just minutes prior. And all of a sudden... Mayuri doesn't know what he's talking about. There was no conference. It was canceled. And then some debris falls from mm-hmm. above eye line. And we look up and the weird thing that had been on the roof was now crashed into the side of the radio building. As one does. And then we get the intro. So, okay. That, that show. I, like, I also came to the show knowing pretty much nothing about it except for, um, the dude in this show freaking loves off-brand Dr. Pepper. Um, that is like, that is like the only thing I knew. Um, but as soon as we got the shot of the satellite crash into the side of the building, I, I just looked at it and I said, man, this is giving me weird VN vibes. And, spoilers for later but after i started looking into the the source material for this show i was just like i cannot believe i got the cold read on this show before the first title card i had been gone from anime at the right period to miss out knowing about vns before i came back well it's it's just such a weird thing right like and 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 this is more for later but like there was something about that very like the shot composition of that and i was just like oh this is the kind of like splash art sort of main image that you would have in a a, a visual novel like it is that shot i don't i don't know what makes me think that but i was just like oh this is based on a vm this is isn't your it? key art yeah this is just like, oh, this is where they take the, uh, this is where they put up a full illustration instead of just like the, the, putting up the portraits for the speaker. This is a moment. Not that, I did forget to, oh, sorry. Not, not to mention, you know, a couple of minutes beforehand when, uh, Chris is laying face down in the blood. I'm just like, oh, same thing. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Things are happening. Got it. Yeah. I did forget to mention right before he heard the yelling, Okabe did receive a message uh, that was a video message that was static. Don't worry about it. So that said, phones are weird. Yeah, I know, right? So we we now cut to Okabe uh, harassing a computer screensaver of an alpaca man. I hold on, you show respect to an off-brand Seaman for the Sega Dreamcast circa 2001. That, Would you believe you don't get that reference? Oh my god. The, like, the controller, the little stupid stick microphone sticking out of the controller. and So, this is oh. what Seaman was. It was basically like a kind of a Tamagotchi kind of game for the Dreamcast, but it was way more elaborate. It was like this 
fish creature with a human face and you could talk to it and it would speak back to you and it would like learn and you could like eventually like teach it to it was kind of like a, a fully virtual Furby in that way, I guess. Um, it's, it's kind of a Belopa. Uh, but like it's so it was just such a weird thing. Like it wasn't really a game. It was like this weird, like surreal virtual pet. And for the American release, there was this big like intro cutscene about the like the history of the species of seaman and it was narrated by leonard nimoy um hold on it was yeah go go read yourself a wiki page about seaman but i looked at it and i was like that's an alpaca but that's seaman seaman spelled s-e-a-m-a-n yes okay i'm looking seaman dreamcast woof Okay, so Alpaca Man, we'll we'll forgive my lack of knowledge here because Ooh. I didn't Dreamcast. Um, I was hollering. Okay, let's go. Good, I'm glad. I thought Bob would just appreciate the Alpaca as a swing and a miss at llamas. Llamas are superior. We all just need to accept that. But they haven't become llama men. Anyway, that is true. so... They don't need to. I mean, fair. I'm, hey, listen, I'm not here to judge. I don't care one way or the other. Well, llamas are bigger, so they're obviously superior. And they have the derpier face, which makes them cuter. You're not wrong about the (laughs) derpy face. Anyway, so this allows Okabe, while harassing not not Seaman, it gives us the expositional intro into Shinamayuri, his you know his friend, longtime friend, and then the other man in the room, and probably one of my favorite characters when he's not being a pervert, Itaro. Hashida Itaru, Daru, because what? Daru is Daru is the straight man in all of this. What? Okay, we'll talk about this in a second. But <laughs> there's there's a whole lot to unpack with this one. I just there's so mm-hmm. much to unpack. There's a lot. Yes, there is. When is he not and, being a sex pervert though? When they're actually working on the machine, and until you know, as long as essentially. No one gives him something that's an innuendo to work with. He he works to find them anywhere. I you're mm. not wrong. Here here was the thing about this scene is I, I was just sitting here and I was just like, oh, I don't like hanging out with any of these characters. Oh, these are like because because even Okabe is just like, oh, this is like when you realize that like he is very much like playing a personality here like like mm-hmm. he is not necessarily like he is not seriously taking himself so seriously i guess is the weird way to put it but like it's just like oh no he's like playing a character and i just tilt my head and i go if you're gonna make up a character to be why would you make up such like a middle school edgelord mad scientist character would <laughs> and you believe there's an explanation later in the series for that i know there is and i hate oh, it good. <laughs> I didn't say I, it was a good one. Yeah, no, I think it, it works. It kind of makes sense under the circumstances, but it's still, you know, like, okay, that's odd, but okay. I do I do not like these characters the way that I don't like hot sauce. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. It is just I am the most displeased. I get that. Um, No, I, I'll, I'll say this. When Daru is actually, work, like, working, focused working, uh, until essentially until the writer decides he needs to be perfect, he's actually quite a, a, a tolerable character. Mm-hmm. But that that all being said, that's why I say what I say. Because honestly, Nick, when he's working on things, he is what I imagine you minus the sex pest. 
yeah, like like he is absolutely competent. It's just he is competency plus uh, pervert, and that's it. That's the entire character. Yeah. When because, you know enough of these dudes in real life, the charm wears off pretty quickly. I, and fair enough, I guess I've been lucky to dodge a few. Far, you know, most honestly, probably. But, so, you know. so I, I, I think I'm going to save it for when we're done talking about the episodes. But all of the like, I have a lot to say about all of the ways in which this show just sort of like wears its VNness on the sleeves. And Daru's character, I think, is very much explained in that context. But I'll, I'll mm-hmm. save that for for later on. And you know, to be fair, once I learned about VNs and learned that this was a VN, like, oh. Okay, that actually makes sense why he's that way. It's like, why is he this way? He didn't need to be this way. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, we, we digress. Um, so he introduces them. They talk more about the conference being canceled or the lecture being canceled. And Okabe is, you know, completely just standing his ground like, no, no, this happened. I was there. Daru says, no, you whined and complained about it because it was canceled earlier. And had you been there, you'd be dead because what what is being called a satellite crashed into the room you would have been in. So, as we go on, uh, we we do see some of the fun stuff they have, like the, that they have quote unquote invented, like the remote control that is also a ray gun, you know, toy um, that they use to change channels on the TV while they're watching news about this. Um, Daru mentioning, as you know, Okabe is known to go into his weird, annoying character. How he, we, we get the history of like this is not something new or recent. This is a thing with him. Daru has been documenting his outbursts, and as they go on, they he talks about this organization. The organization is in his head until you you know deep dive the games. Don't worry about it. Um. And he keeps calling, talking about this thing called Steins Gate and how he's been chosen because of this divergence in what Daru knows to be real versus what Okabe knows to be real. We get to meet uh, their landlord and owner of the building who runs the CRT shop downstairs, which is the other side of where I see Nick in this show. Yeah, honestly, I think that dude was my favorite character for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Mr. Tenoji, or as he's referred to as Mr. Braun, a reference to Ferdinand Braun. Don't worry about it. Um, and essentially you get the impression like he puts up with Okabe's crap, but if whenever he gets kind of tired of hearing about it, he'll just mention like, I'm going to up your rent because the, the TV's remote control ray gun is broken. He takes it down to them to, you know, make it work while this is happening or while, while he leaves his products there. Okabe goes back upstairs. They start discussing the, <clears throat> quote, future gadget number eight, uh, phone wave, real name TBA, uh, which is a microwave, which they've designed to allow a phone to plug into it and with the intent of doing something with time travel. At this point, they don't really know what they're doing. They're just playing around. Well, no, I, I, th- I think it is. I think it is that simple. I think he's trying to invent the Internet of Things, and it is just you can send a text mm-hmm. message that will turn on your microwave. I think that is their entire intent. That's right, with this that's what it is. Excuse me, you're you're correct. That is actually what it is. Excuse me. Um, and I'll let you know they have some. I'm assuming Nick, you may have found this. They have some real fun naming the stuff they come up with. 
I, I saw some of that. I do love the committing to the bit of always mm-hmm. adding real name TBA on the, like, whether it's in the sub or the dub or anything, yep, it's just, yep. they keep doing it. I'm like, mm, I, I well, love a bit. Some of them are also references to things in pop culture media. Go figure. Hmm. Um, I think this so is, they, I think this is where we get the budget breaking 3D bananas. Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, don't worry about them yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, they try to make it work. It doesn't, um, doesn't really work out too well the first go round. We also get the introduction to our, our clearly referencing real world products, but you know, changing a letter here or there. We get the DK Pepper. Um, we get, uh, more of, oh, there we go. Another pop culture reference. The control device of the phone wave is called the RNG, R-E-N-G, the Radioactive Entree Navigational Gopher, which will become later when we talk about Greasy Gobby Gopher Guts. Uh, no, oh, just my wrong. God. Um, I did not catch that going around. Oh, my uh-huh. God. I did die. That's uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And Mayuri was kind enough to go ahead and, you know, do the voice work for the navigation of this. We, when they, when this doesn't work out, their experiment doesn't work out, they decide to take off for the rescheduled lecture. And as we go in, we hear them talking about a maid cafes. Is that where they're, I was working so hard to figure out where they were going at the end of this episode. And it's just like, oh, yep. it's a, okay. Okay. I told, I rewatched the end of this episode to be like, why are yeah. they going out anyway? But okay. I miss that. Yeah. That's, it, it's one of those. It's not said here, and I think it's in a later episode when they mention it. And that's part of the reason I know, because I, I get first watched through, I'm like, okay, where are they going? Why are they doing this? Oh, it was re- Well, they also mentioned earlier in this episode it was rescheduled, so it is up to you, the viewer, to understand this is the rescheduled time. Actually, no, not the, admittedly, not the best of connections, but you know, whatever. I, I was actually going to say that that's another of my notes from this first episode is that there is a lot of action. Here, how, how do I write it? There's a lot of motion and action that happens sort of in cuts between shots uh, or entirely off screen. And like, mm-hmm. like the, just that, that sort of way of like the, the sort of like visual framing, the direction of it was kind of adding to my idea of that like all of this was in his head, all these people, like none of all of this is imagined by him because it is very much in that way of like, there's a lot of stuff that we don't that happens but in a way where we specifically are not shown it and i was just like that is such a weird thing and it is i i, I don't know how much of that comes from having vn roots but it, it was it stuck out to me how much we were not being shown it was a very jazz of it not necessarily um a compliment <laughs> I, I get i get it believe me like again when i watched it i'm the first time I'm like he's insane right mm-hmm <laughs> Something weird's going on, and it's going to be he's insane. We we have not begun to weird. It turns out, yeah. <laughs> except for that one, except for that one thing. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Yeah, don't worry about that one thing because as we go on about one things, Okabe and uh, Daru make it inside, and Daru, much like me, understands the value of air conditioning. And when they're riding the elevator up to the floor where they will be attending the rescheduled lectures, they talk. Uh, Okabe brings up, he's like, I sent you a text message about my, the death of Maki, or murder of Maki Curse. He was like, you sent that to me a week ago. I'm sure that doesn't mean anything. Don't worry about it. 
Well, well, this is this is like where they do it. Like, you know, uh, we we've had our differences in appreciation of slow burn shows. This is not a slow burn show. This is a no, it isn't. This is a string of firecrackers. He's like, like, yeah, he's they're going over this, and he's just looking at it, going like, which <laughs> they do it the other way. He just immediately jumps to my phone sent my text back in time, and I'm like, my dude, you did not cut out enough other possibilities yet to jump to that and be correct. Right. And that's why I'm like, it, when I say don't worry about it, this is actually kind of my initial like, huh, that's weird. I'm sure something happened. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he's misremembering or, you know, he took a conk on a head and that's why things seem out of order to him, whatever. Like, again, me rationalizing back then from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even my notes is like, yes, clearly the text traveled through time. The most obvious of solutions. And, uh, you know, we get this musical cue that kind of shows up whenever, you know, maybe something weird is about to happen. Who knows? Uh, but this musical cue, doors open, weird sound effect. Also, who knows that how relevant that may be. Don't worry about it. And we see a living, breathing, standing Makise Kurosu just there. End of episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's just like... It, that's kind of what caught my attention when the first time I watched it. It was like, we just hard cut on the, like, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah, like, of course we do. Like, the fact that halfway through the episode we see her dead is kind of, like, it's like the opposite of a death flag. She died way too early in the episode for the, the cliffhanger to not be she's alive again. It was weird. And again, for me, coming looking back on my perspective of coming back from anime when I saw this, like, 2014, 2015, whatever, um... I was like, hold on, I hadn't seen that in anime. Because at the time before that in my life, a lot of anime was really limited to what was ever on Toonami. Um, and occasionally that you might get interested enough to try and pick up at, you know, Suncoast or Sam Goody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, from my from my assets and availabilities at that time in my life. Um, and this was a very new and unique approach to me at the time. And I think, I'll be honest, that's part of the appreciation of this for me. It's like, this is one of those gems I found. And yes, I'm speaking gems on both my opinion. And as Joe mentioned, this has been critically acclaimed. The anime community in general seems to really like the show. I got lucky finding this. So I was like, okay, maybe anime isn't what I remember it kind of devolving into after I watched bebop. And there was, you know, Sorry, anime community, I don't like Naruto. So I was like, oh, the Naruto's and and the bleaches. Like, okay. So this was one of those like, okay, this weird hook out of left field that doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, this is this is for me. Bring give me more. I will see this through now. So yeah. But like I said, that's the end of episode one. Yeah. How- do we wanna discuss things or do we wanna keep rolling? Uh Bob, Joe, how 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 are you how did episode one leave you feeling? Yeah. Uh uh wasn't bad for what it was. It made me want to see more. I will grant it that. I watched yeah. the first episode and like I needed to know more because I it really throws you for a loop for me, is what it did. Uh I don't lie, I struggled to follow it at some points. Mm-hmm. But it was as we evolved into as soon as someone mentioned the time travel uh aspect with the whole conference. I was like, Oh, it's gonna be like this. Okay. Uh, take a seat. And, you know, I will choose this point to say I do not like our protagonist at this point. Fair. He, he, everyone else, even our, uh, resident, uh, fiend 
is above him because at least the rest of them, I know what to expect with him. I legit think it's like Groot's loose. And that doesn't track for TV shows that the person's actually that eccentric. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm used to. So it's like I need to know more because there's got to be more than what I've seen in this first episode. That makes sense. Yeah, it Can't base everything off of a first episode, or you shouldn't. It, it, yes, that's a lot of how people act, but the show, knowing that that's just not how typically uh, the animes I've viewed have been, it's like, okay, reserve judgment based off of the first episode. This is how I feel off the first episode. Maybe it'll change. Like, honestly, being a, uh, an episode leaving you going like, okay, well, now I'm curious to know what else is happening. Like, that's kind of like the ideal thing for a first episode to do, right? Um, and like, I, I do feel like this episode is a little overkill because we have, uh, the dead girl, we have his whole, is his character, is he actually this crazy or not? We have the microwave time travel, the text messages, we have the thing on the roof. Like there are so many like huge shocking mysteries and like also, you know, uh, looking forward, I appreciate that this show doesn't like introduce six mysteries episode one and then spend the entire thing revealing them all it is actually just like we are going to learn these things pretty quickly but then it is going to sort of resonate into other mysteries like even the in this first one like he jumps to time travel text message and you know whether he should have gotten there quickly or not whatever but like that is that and we get that but the exact nature of like what the time travel mechanics of this universe are is still up in the air so i do like the the sort of pacing of the mysteries it's just like yes we are going to explain the confusing thing you saw but that will only set up and make you realize other things that don't make sense and like it is a new mystery hooked from the old one i think that's a really good way of sort of like chaining the mysteries i I have to give this show credit for that yeah, I love time travel stuff. So, like, this was a really good first episode for me because it's like, all right, so time travel's involved. Now I need to watch more to figure out what the rules are because I love, you know, like learning what the system at play is. And then, of course, figuring out, um, the timelines everyone is on because I love mentally making, uh, red string maps for time travel shit. <laughs> High five, Joe. You you got there with me because that's between you and Bob. That kind of summarizes exactly me when I first saw that. Because Bob's reaction of "I have to know" was absolutely there. Because at the same time, was like, "It is it time travel? Is it alternate realities? What is this?" I had to know because again, 2014 me had kind of forgotten about John Peter, but then like that name sounds familiar. So And setting up that, like, time travel is involved also kind of allows me to kind of sit back and, and let things happen, even if I don't quite understand what's going on. I have a sense that, like, following more along with the story will grant me the knowledge to, under- to like, piece together what's going on. So, like, I'm okay not entirely following stuff exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was saying, I, I think that's very much the, um, it's not keeping the entire thing a mystery up until it's ready to reveal it, but it is sort of meeting it out in, you know, the, the, it is meeting out answers in such a way that you're just like, Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Like, like it is, it is 
when when a, a a show is trying to be slow burn by not by like obviously something's going on, but we're not even going to pretend to begin investigating it. It's just like, come on. Yeah, this I will say this too to your point. Yes, I like a slow burn, but if if you're going to throw things at me, this is kind of the way to do it. You just throw it all at me where I have to sit there and maybe rewatch your episode a couple of times because I caught a couple things, but I go back like, oh wait, I missed. X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, maybe later after I finish the show, I go back and like, oh, I really missed a lot. <laughs> this, this is like the, again, the perfect setup of if you're gonna, if you're gonna introduce a lot at once in the beginning and not slow roll it, you gotta hit me with it hard. All right. Shall we move into episode two then? Yes. Okay. So episode two, time travel paranoia, because that kind of summates where we left off <laughs> perfectly. And the mindset that Okabe is in when he starts to inspect and prod a un, unsuspecting and definitely unwilling Kurisu. Continuous consensual consent whenever you are approaching anyone. I don't care what the situation is, everybody. That's the rule. Okabe does not obey this. 2011 does not an excuse. Uh, 2011 is Daru, not an however, excuse. Daru, however, being the genuine hero that he is, encourages Makisei just to essentially hand him his ass. <laughs> says, no, no, fight back, women's lib. And I was like, yeah, he's being kind of a shit heel about it, but he's also being right, you know, the only way he'd be better is actually stopping Okabe. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, just, I'm sure he's just looking to have another uh, mm-hmm. strong woman to oogle. I, I, I imagine wrong, probably. he has to be the kind of boy who in, in just really gets off over a woman who could kick his ass. I'd believe it. Just one of the many kinds of women he likes. We'll talk about Steins Gate Zero maybe next season. You don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, I, I actually do know I read a lot of the wiki. Moving on. So anyway, uh, so that being said, uh, eventually she sheds Okabe. And in the process, though, he mentioned, like, yeah, you, you were dead, like, three hours ago. Obviously, this is a rational thing you say to a living human being in front of you. And her reaction was like, you're a psychopath, get away from me, uh, is completely responsible. So they, they part ways, and then they come to a lecture about our time machines possible, hosted by the newest of lecturers, 18-year-old scientist, Makise Kurisu, who we've never really met until now, clearly. Um, and then we, we see, we're, we're given, you know, the, the not science magazine, Sciency, of, and the, her on the cover, clearly she's a published, um, scientist, so she, you know, lending, showing us that she is worth her salt. So they start, she starts to go on about her lecture while Okabe rules, slowly rules out the concept of her being a zombie. Um, Kurosu makes the hot take of time machines are bunk. Okabe has, as we're so fond of saying here, opinions. And we get kind of a flash forward to Okabe miserable after what we see in flashback cuts. Kurosu handily dismissing all of his approaches about how time travel could possibly be real. And this is where I value the English dub over the Japanese. The Japanese one just comes off with, here are straight facts. English dub indulges my desire for memes and pop culture references with allusions to the TARDIS, 
<laughs> See, that's why I generally dislike the dub versions of shows. I, uh, as a Doctor Who fan, of course I love it. I was like, oh, you, you said the thing. How dare you? Do it again. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Typically I hate it, but for whatever reason here it worked for me. And it's, it's just probably the fact it's the thing I like. So anyway, he's, you know, lamenting the fact that he's not, you know, clever enough to beat an action or psychologically defeat an actual scientist who knows what she's doing, even though he is actually intelligent and learned himself, his mad science just holds no weight. Um, so on the way back, can, can I tell you? Yes, this is um, this, this is where I start to to love this. Okay, I can't say Kirisu because later it's revealed that she is just like an American, so her name just is Chris. Like, no, like, no, her name is Makise Kirisu. He calls her Christina. We were gonna get to that, but right, I can, but like. That's the thing. Like, technically, she's also the exotic foreign exchange, uh, foreign exchange student from America. Like, but I have a really picky thing about like double borrowed words, especially from Japanese, and I see it all the time. And it's like it. It always is. It it always gets under my skin because it is a thing of just like the. Japanese borrow a word from English for something and then especially, you know, English speaking, then put everything, you know, from Japan. I'm going to say Oriental just because it is kind of that racist sort of approach to it still, uh, like just puts it on a pedestal for being so interesting and like, oh, it's from Japan. So clearly they're doing it better. But what they're putting on a pedestal is a word that was borrowed from them. And it's just like, are you just you, they're saying your word. Why are you like, oh no, they're doing it the right way by calling it what? And uh, but so like the fact that her name is Karisu is just like, oh, so her, she go like, he, I think what the joke is supposed to be is he's calling her Christina as in the full name because that is like her full name. Whereas the name she wants to go by is probably more likely Chris because it is less feminine, more respectable in a science world. So the idea of the difference between Christina and Karisu is, I think, that double borrow thing of Christina versus Chris. Would you believe it's a lot simpler than that? I would, but I might not. The answer, and it is revealed in Steins Gate Zero. Spoilers for a show we haven't watched yet. He can't, he had trouble pronouncing Kurisu for whatever reason. It's the it's a terrible explanation. Yeah, so that doesn't make sense. Doesn't, okay, that fine. doesn't work. No sense at all. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I agree, but the explanation was, I couldn't pronounce your name, so I called you Christina. Like I said, Steins Gate Zero isn't bad, that but it has to some be bad a parts of it. joke or something, like, I, there's I, no I way really, they that seriously. I believe it is an, you know, after-the-fact explanation. I have nothing to prove that, and it's one of those, it upset me enough when I heard it, I just like, nope, I'm not going to look into this. Yeah, I, I cannot respect that uh, <laughs> explanation I, I enough more, to, to bring it into consideration. Here, here is my headcanon, and I'm not one to typically divulge into that, but here's my headcanon is the fact that at one point later he meets someone and he talks about his past compatriots, all, all names of women that are in English. Amy Pond and... Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I, I have them written down later in my notes when this happens, cause spoilers, it's in this episode, I believe. Um, yeah, it's in this episode. Uh, so anyway, I think it's just him kind of James Bonding or Doctor Whoing his companion name into an English name. 
that's really where I came. I was like, oh, I have to have a companion and it must be exotic. So it'll be an English name. That's my head cannon. I, that almost makes more sense, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I buy that a little bit better. I, and honestly, I believe that's what the case was until they did that in Steins Gate Zero. And I'm like, nope, this show, I was okay with it. And then you did that. Anyway, the thing that I was going to get to is like the fact that she can hand him his ass so, you know, readily, intellectually and easily. And she's like, for being like another technically like mad science person, she's also like a normal, rational, sane kind of person and like is giving this, this, what's more derisive than goober but like you know this dipshit <laughs> is giving him what he deserves i'm like oh she's my favorite character now i i could i don't mind spending time with her and then i realized i realized she is the main love interest in the visual novel and i felt like i fell yeah. in a spike pit i fell into their trap you did they put the leaves on the ground and i walked right into it damn it how's that how's your foot doing buddy oh twisted in my mouth <laughs> I will say too, I, I feel like she also got the chance to be the person on the internet who has to deal with all the trolls, and then she finally got to deal with the troll. Yeah, that's a nice bit of power fantasy. Yeah, I'm like, go go you. Uh but anyway. Okay, on the way home. So so yeah, on the way home we're still in the era of twenty eleven when phone calls were a thing, you know, in this era. Come on now. Um he gets a call for uh, to meet Mayuri at a shrine there in Akihabara because they live in Akihabara and I want to go to there, but they also go to the shrine and meet, introduce another character, uh, Arushibara Ruka, who is a friend of Okabe's and Mayuri's uh, and she is the, excuse me, I said she, that's my mistake uh -huh. because I, I was thinking of the thing they do and it got in my head and it upsets me. So I apologize. Mm -hmm. He is the son of the shrine keeper. And unfortunately, this is where we get a terrible 2011's carryover of, I don't know if it was a joke. I don't know what this was supposed to be an interesting character, but this is an effeminate young man with very feminine features and qualities. And. It's, the introduction is not great. It's the worst. And it goes on for so long. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, the fact that it goes on so long is very upsetting. And what we as the audience get is, uh, Okabe's internal monologue about this dude is who is so feminine. And he's like, Oh, if, it's like, man, such an attractive person. I, who is a dude. And like, yeah, it's, it's like, like disappointment. Yeah. Like, like you could, the, the unsaid part of it is like, but I'm not gay though. Right. Like, like, and but because it's an internal monologue, you cannot yeah. completely chalk it up to his facade that he puts on. So it's right. just like, oh, this is you. No, this is real Okabe. This is a hundred percent actual Okabe at this moment. Yeah, it's the worst. Ruka is a great character. Okabe is a bad person by way of the writer and whoever designed that dialogue. And shame on them. Do we, do we want to rip the bandaid off and just say how they, that gets worse? Because honestly, like this character doesn't even really come back for the rest of our watch. I will, I will take, I will explain the thing. No, no talking about okay. the bad. Okay. You know what? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. If you, just like if you, if you intend to watch the show, just know that this yeah. is present. Yeah. This is, 
this show is from 2011, based on a manga, or excuse me, based on a VN, which is not exactly great credentials from the beginning. Go in knowing there are going to be some problems. That said, Ruka is training with a 980 yen magical, mystical sword of ages past that they just kind of got off a guy sometime. Because, you know, something that cheap clearly has magical powers. Um, and that being said, they, you know, the shrine keeper was giving them some corn because they had so much they couldn't eat it all. And Ruka serves other purposes for the narrative, mostly as convenience, unfortunately. This could be a very more interesting character in a better written story. I will admit, like I said, this show is not perfect. It definitely has its flaws as a product of its era. That doesn't excuse it. But that being said, um, so they, they essentially clear out of there and on the way back, you know, Mayuri drop, leaves Okabe with some corn. He volunteers to take it back because she has to go to work. Don't worry about where she works. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried. No. It's the maid cafe. It's, it's three scenes away and I'm already worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we get back, Okabe ru- runs into Mr. Tenoji, aka Mr. Braun, who's closing up shop, but is about ready to interview someone for a part-time position, a, as he calls it, a serious CRT buff. And then we get to, as people are greeted in this era, by hey you guys, the introduction to one of the better characters, uh, Amane Souza. And they have a lovely vaudeville act. And she gets hired. Where she doesn't and... know what corn is. She doesn't know what corn is. Like, mm, that's weird. Don't worry about it. <sighs> well, he, here's the thing is like, don't worry about it. But while you're not worrying about it, I read this as like, oh, are we setting up like a third Moe character in this VN harem? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's kind of what I expected when I saw that. And I was like, uh-huh. I was genuinely thinking of you like, I can see how this is going to mess with him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what corn is. Don't worry about it. Mm. He gets to see it. And he leaves her, you know, they kind of, you know, make passive friends and he tosses her an ear of corn, goes upstairs and goes online like any true nerd and troll. And he trolls the message. Well, he views the message boards. He's not really trolling them. He's genuinely interested in what's going on there. And we, we get introduced to the at channel and while patrolling those boards he comes across a message about a time traveler and going by the name of john teeter clear and he's like well clearly this has got to be an impersonator you think after you know 10 ish years that would have knocked off and we while doing this, we get a, like introduction about how he's talking about our legally distinct CERN spelled with a C. It's spelled with an S. Ma- oh, excuse me. Yes, sorry. Real one C, fake one S. Uh-huh. Spelled with an S. Um, you know, they're, they're bad guys and this isn't good. And Okabe says, yeah, this is exactly the same shtick you pulled in 1999. John Teeter is like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, also, I'm Japanese now. I'm not. I'm not Florida man. I'm better. I've evolved. Um, <laughs> and <sighs> talks about world lines. You know, a better a better multiverse than the MCU. And 
this kind of this kind of goes on for a bit before Okabe goes out and uh, gets in the real world, and he sees this quiet young woman just taking pictures of the world around her as he's going about his business. And he asks her after she takes a picture of him, like, what are you doing? And she says, this is evidence that I have existed at all. You know, a clearly mentally healthy thing to say. Uh Uh-huh. Rack up another one for the harem. Oh, this girl's broken too. Let's do this. I will say that this is actually a valid therapeutic technique that is used in some cases for some ailments. True. And, and oh, okay. Fair. also, um, I do want to point out that like a girl who like communicates more easily through phone and texting versus in person or in voice is also like a well-known trope of girl, I guess. It, uh, like, um, yeah, I found that one highly relatable. Sure. sure. And, and, and that's the thing. That's why, like, it's not based outside of reality, but it is also a trope. Yeah. That, that's the thing is, like, I've, I definitely get the feeling that it is in here for the tropiness, not because they <laughs> have something interesting to say about this, this style of person. They only have something to say about this character. Well, okay. Not, not in what we saw. I, I, I won't. Yeah, not uh, what we it. saw. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Not what we saw. But, uh, what's the one that I like? Uh, um, Sayonara Zetsuba Sensei is uh, a good anime and manga, or at least I really enjoyed it a decade ago when I watched it. Um, but like that is another one where it's a classroom full of kids and each one has a, you know, uh, oh, what do you call it? Has like a, a single character trait and they are all like representing different tropes. And this girl is like exactly in there. But at least in that one, it is like, like th- that is a big thing about the show. Like, I feel, I don't know if we have seen them in the shows we have watched, but we are at a point now where there are a lot of like shows and comics that are just like, oh, these tropes are so well established. Let's poke fun at the fact that people are always using these tropes. This show is squarely in the middle of we are just doing exactly those tropes like this show doesn't know that it is doing the joke uh, on itself. And like, again, I, I don't remember you said this was like 2011. Correct. I think the visual novel was like 2010 when I looked it up. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know if this was like peak that time. So it wasn't a joke yet or whatever, but like looking back on it now, it's just like, oh, you're, you're just earnestly doing it. You don't, you don't yeah. see that you are like built of trope instead of, uh, there's there's some stuff in here that it's doing on its own. Uh, I won't I won't say it's hollow aside from tropes. I won't say that, but um, until until you get into it and see what it's doing, it's it is right. definitely it is premising itself in a lot of tropes. How about that? Yeah, and to, to your point, I think again watching it like circa 2014, I think that's just when it was starting to kind of come to its rise, where they start poking fun more at the tropes than anything. Okay. Um. So I, I then I watched it and I just kind of took it for face value. It's like, okay, that's who these people are. Um, and the impression I get is that this was definitely done in more earnest than you know being being aware that these would become recognized tropes. Well, actually, in anime, maybe, but like, don't forget when you look at this as source material and like different characters okay, are root. Uh, well, again, we'll, we'll talk about the VNS later, but like, I, I think that's. There, there might be an angle there where it's not as forgivable, <laughs> like only forgivable because it's anime. Yeah, and again, speaking from my point of view, like I said, uh, my perspective at the time, 
was strictly that of the anime because I had not been acquainted with the term VN by that point. Right. So, but that all being said, I did also skip over how, when dealing with the uh, reappearance of John Tidor, Okabe went to look for his books on the subject because there have been actually several books pu- published in real life on John Teeter. Um, never mind, there's an actual John Teeter Foundation. Don't worry about it. It's Ooh, probably a scam. Yeah. Um, okay. it, it, by, by the family, et cetera, et cetera. That, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm here respectfully not worrying about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really one of those like, don't worry about it. It's dumb. Um, Take that, Teeter Foundation. Uh, anyway, uh, he goes to look for the books, and the books are error 404 not found. And then he calls Daru, who has no idea who, what a John Teeter is, which implies that at one point Daru knew what a John Teeter was. Uh, so, you know, weird mystery, and that's why he went up to Walkabout and ran into this character who is taking pictures on her phone. Um, she also shows him at this point, you know, a picture of an IB. N, as in Nancy, 5100, and Okabe doesn't recognize it. She asks if he knows anyone who would. He thinks of Daru, doesn't mention him by name. She wants his deets. He says, ah, but no, I will give, I will be the go-between. And he, she spells his name correctly as Hobo in Coma, and... He says, you know, that's not right. Here, let, let me have your phone and I will do it. And then she has a very visceral reaction about her phone. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Uh, and I believe it's at this point we've been introduced to the idea of her name being, um, or no, it's shortly thereafter we will get her name. Don't worry about it. Um, but she gets aggressively protective and so instead he has her send him a blank text to correct the name. After that, they part ways. Okabe goes to meet up with Daru at Mayuri's day job because she is a student, but she works after hours. Uh, it's a part-time gig at a maid cafe. Hey, Bob, we get to introduce you to maid cafes. Oh, time. Oh. Sorry, didn't mean to wake you up, Bob. Oh, I, I just don't know how to explain maid cafe uh, from my point of view. Go ahead. Because we had I want to hear this. We had kind of previously brought it up once that the, what we viewed was not a maid cafe. So, you know, seeing this particular locale, I'm like, okay, so this is what it is. Uh, my mind went to uh, those diners where you have the girls serve in the 50s costumes and do the whole dancing bit and all that. American game. Yeah. Correct. Is that just an analogy for that? Because the way we discussed it before is there's a little more... Uh, there is a little more to it. Like it's, a, a, um, a Hooters vibe. Uh, sort of. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, so maid cafes are a subcategory of cosplay restaurants that are very popular in Japan and I think a couple other areas around that side of the world. Um, where, like, the restaurant has a theme and the servers and such are playing characters. Um, maid cafes specifically are for Basically, they interact with you and treat you like they're your personal maid and like your house or whatever. Like if you're some rich person with a maid, um, yeah. they're so happy to see you. Yeah, and they so don't, they don't uh, know your name. Uh, your name is master. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> not happy. 
but it, it's it's a restaurant that it gives you an uh, experience, to say the least. And and also, let's not forget, this is a hybrid one. They're not just maids. Yes. What are they? They're they're cat girls. Cat maids. Yeah, this is queen maids, cat girl cafe, maid cafe. Yeah. Because cat cafes uh, are also a thing. Is that yeah. a separate vocab word? Yes. Um, like a cat cafe. Well, like I said, these are all subcategories of cosplay restaurants. But yeah, like like a, a cat cafe is is more like a room full of cats, and you can go in and just like sit and, and hang out. With fun. Yeah. Highly uh, for for the audience, I highly recommend cat cafes. Yeah. So it's it's I'm just so proud of you. Uh, your local one and just spend a little time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we have any around here. Is the sad part. Yeah, we had one in Kalamazoo. We have one. We have one that's kind of local here, so it's a couple oh, towns over. Lovely. And I went to the one in Kalamazoo. It was really nice. Yeah, cat cat cafe and adoption. So anyway, we get there and um, declining to have his name quote unquote kittyfied by Mayuri uh, Okabe goes to sit down with Daru, but we get to meet the owner of the cat cafe. Her name is Ferris Nyan Nyan. Did, did they... want to explain to Bob what Nyan Nyan is? I was about to say... Oh, uh, I, so... I know the Nyan Nyan cat. Yeah, okay. In Japanese, that's the sound like a cat makes, basically. Okay. Cool. That, I, that I did not know. I just know the Nyan Nyan cat. That's what I was say. I knew Bob did meow meow part. cat? Yeah, it means meow meow. Did, do they introduce her as the owner here, or is she just like another coworker? She is the owner. She okay. is the owner. She also yeah, she's a really involved owner then. Yeah. At the very least, in the first, this at this point you get the point, and she's like in charge of at least the maids, but yes, she is the owner. <clears throat> um, and a very young owner. Anyway, um, she also is one of the few people that like earnestly humors Okabe's mad scientist shtick. As Hoin Kyoma, um, because we get a lovely reference to uh, having just come back f- from her training in the Guiana Highlands, which absolutely is not a reference to something we've watched earlier in this uh, podcast of ours. Guiana, Guianian, the Guiana Highlands. You know, in South America, something something G Gundam. I was trying to remember who it is. Was it? Uh, Domon went there, or was it mm-hmm. Master Age? Okay, well, they all they, oh, all they were all there. Yeah. Up there. But Domon went there initially. All roads lead uh, to also, the Guiana Highlands. Also, subtle reference and spoiler for G Gundam and the death of her master, and then the He Man reference of how she has the power. Oof. Yeah, yeah. This thing was so off the rails for me in 2014. I'm like, you know what? Just shoot it in my veins. <laughs> Let's just do this. I'm just going to roll with it. And then we finally get to Okabe sitting down with Daru. And Daru is incredibly butthurt because Daru, you know, really likes to ogle Ferris. She is his... Would Oshi be the correct term here? She is the object of his affection. So... Yeah, she is the object of his affection, and Daru, you know, reluctantly talks with Okabe after he shows her the picture, shows him the picture of the fifty-one hundred, and he gets another message from someone he has dubbed Shining Finger, also not a Gun- G Gundam reference at all, 
who introduces herself as Kyrie Moaka. And she, you get her exposition in that text message. She's something called a freeter at 20 years old, and she's looking, she will keep essentially talking to us about this 5100. Um, they get some Oma Rice delivered to them, traditional fare. Uh, Oma Rice Bob is an omelet with rice in the inside and usually ketchup. No. No? Okay. I, I, I'm describing it wrong. Please, okay. please correct me. So it's, it's like a, uh, you get a mound of rice and you make an omelet and you make it in such a way that the inside is still very, uh, creamy and soft. And then you put it, you lay it on top of the rice and you cut it down the middle and it folds open over the rice. That. And, and picture how that would work, and it doesn't sound very appetizing. It's actually great. It's amazing. I will send you a video. Okay. If anyone would like to fund our trip to Japan to educate Bob. <laughs> you can make all the rice at home. Yes, but we I'm, want to go I'm, there for I'm the sure. maid cafe <laughs> to introduce Bob oh. to it. Uh... And listen, I'm pretty sure I could talk Nick into wanting to go to Akihabara. I mean, yeah, I want to go to Super Potato, but... yeah. Actually, no. If we're, if we're going to go to a quote-unquote cosplay cafe, can we go to the one where it's like the giant robot platform stage show, and then yes. you're also eating there? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll 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 compromise to that. So yeah, listeners, if you want to fund us for you know an excursion that we I'm sure we could turn into a podcast of its own, pa- hit us up. Patreon.com slash we don't have one yet. So that that all being said, so. Uh, Okabe's Omarice comes with a message on it. The world is in danger. Now, here's where I will break character. I don't. I have nothing in my in my knowledge of the show to suggest that is anything other than Ferris playing to Okabe's delusions. I love uh, it. I love it. I don't care if it's real or in debt or oh, no, it's just, just her messing with him, but just the world is in danger or in ketchup across the eggs. It's just, that is my favorite thing in this show so far. That's it. That's my favorite. Yeah, I get it. And, and like I said, I, I watch it. I'm like, oh, huh. Uh, eventually we end up after this, uh, Daru and Okabe go back to the apartment. And they're going to make trial two of the phone wave. They're going to subject a banana uh, belonging to a bunch owned by Mayuri because Okabe is kind of a terrible, terrible person just using other people's stuff mm-hmm. and never funding his own research. Uh, probably because he doesn't have any actual money. Um, and throws it in there, throws in the microwave. And while he makes his mad scientist postulations like, ah, well, clearly this means that. No, it doesn't. Um, Something happens. You get a little bit of an electrical discharge this time around. And then they open the mic, microwave, and we are now sans banana. And they can't figure out, you know, what's happening. Daru's not not at all ruling out the idea that Okabe is just pulling a fast one on him in some fashion to, you know, play to his mad scientist delusions. And then they turn around because they're discussing the bananas, pointing at them, and then there's this green gelatinous (laughs) banana, which we will also hear eventually referred to as a gel nana. 
And it's just there where it started from. Reattached to the bunch. Uh-huh. Like it never left, except it's green and gelatinous. I I kind of love that this is explaining why earlier the bananas were the only thing rendered in 3D is because that is how they, I guess, cheaply get the uh, the jella goopifying dripping effect is by having them be CG. It's just like, well, if they're CG after time travel, I guess they should be CG before time travel, too. That, that checks out. Oh, man. Um. So now after we have new banana who dis, we also get new person in the apartment who dis. When Cur- a wild Curisu appears, and again, just hard cut the episode in. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's episode two. Thoughts? It, mm, Go on. Yeah, please. This is At not the no, time to be withholding. Okay. Episode two, I watch it and get through. A Okaba does nothing to redeem himself for me. I was like, okay, there there has to be something. I'm missing something. I'm watching the time travel show, which I realize uh, you can't go into this type of show expecting logic. Yeah. Any stretch. Uh, that's not fair. Um, secondly, he's just too out there. Yeah, he's pretty but, but it's But it's one of those, okay, this is just episode two. We're going to be seeing more of him in the future. Uh my Yuri, obviously, clearly redeeming, uh, but uh, Daru just it's like middling for me. I don't know. Sure. I I don't hate him for who he is because we all know that person. Mm-hmm. So, and then we got an influx of like 152 characters who we know are going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's weird because we had in previous anime. In fact, I would almost posit ninety-five percent of our previous shows that uh, is either your main cast is just there, or you get a drip feed of one person, and then three episodes later, another person. They're like, "Nope, we're going to wait till episode two, and bam, bam, bam!" There is a bunch of pretty ladies that are going to, for whatever reason, be really involved in Okapa's life. Yeah. Then just really just like fall into his lap and immediately make a connection that could be followed up. Who knows? Exactly. And, but at the end of the day, in my head, it's like, okay, once again, I give in a weird way a pass on time travel shows because, like Joe, there are rules that have to be followed, there's something that's going on. Yeah, and you you always like, kind of assume there's like more going on than you know at the moment, so you can kind of like be like, okay, I'll go with you on this a little bit. So I go at I go at the end of this episode, a knowing I'm not going to be seeing the next couple episodes, which is fine. But knowing that there's probably more, there's going to be uh, character growth, and once it turns back on, there'll be pieces that I may have missed, but it'll pick up and we go. Joe, anything? I mean, I'm still in at this point. Like, I, I is a solid beginning of a show for me, and it's um, subject matter I'm definitely interested in. And while I don't necessarily like 
the main character. Um, I'm okay going on the ride for the whole of the story as opposed to um, necessarily because I care about him at all. But yeah, it sounds like we're just like along for the ride, not necessarily because of the main character doing anything for us. And for what it's worth, I am fairly certain, I don't remember my opinion of him back then, but I'm fairly certain I shared a lot of the same here. I was like, man, this guy's extra, and man, is he annoying. At least the people around him are like mildly interesting enough, but I want to see what's going on here. It's like, I, it's the I gotta know effect. It's like, I gotta know. I, so. I, I found my, like, in my notes, I even had to sort of, like, be real with myself and be like, hey, for some reason, I'm super on tilt at this show, and I'm like, why am I trying to pick it apart? And so, like, I kind of rolled it back. It's like, it's, I, I don't know. W- once I knew it was a VN, like, I f- definitely felt like I understood all of it already, and, like, Fair. It, it's just, just, like, little things. Like, every time, like, they start talking about the idea of world lines, I, I did, did we start... Do we do they say that in this episode? I at this point I've like they already read mentioned it in this episode. Uh, John Teeter's kind of introduction to the audience. He talks about diverging world lines. How he's surprised everyone has this very linear view or narrow view of what time travel is. You know, sounding like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but it's just a kind of silly, awkward name for a thing that we already like a concept that most people already kind of understand. Yeah, it, it it's exactly that the the fact that like time like. When this show came out, time travel was absolutely not, like, a new thing. So it's just, like, why did you feel the need to, like, invent your own term for this? Like, you're already so heavily working in in genre space that, like, it, it makes it feel all very pretentious to me that it, like, the, the sort of uh, author voice kind of to me matches Okabe's where it's just like I am very full of myself and I am doing something cool and I am doing something cool but it's all sort of like but I am full of myself would you Wait, believe but, I was gonna say Chuck didn't you say that that term was what yep. Tiger actually used so that's probably yes, why they're using it that's why I was gonna go there it's like I get where you're coming from a hundred percent here's the logical reason why because they are clearly referencing the real world and it feels so odd to u- use that when discussing something like John Teeter yeah but the, the real world occurrence and the dialogue and words and lexicon that were used at that time a la 1999 yeah knowing knowing that that is like a very direct real world reference does sort of change my opinion on that Fair. um but uh yeah, it, it's it's that uh, it, it's it's definitely that thing of just like we are following Okabe, and I just do not, uh, I I do not enjoy this dude's like perspective on the world, and so it's like the show itself is fine. Like like once I'm looking at it, it's like oh this is you know this comes from VN, and for VN where for VN um material this is absolutely fine. This is probably good. Um, but. It's just that thing of just like, I, it is fine, but then I'm not enjoying my time with these characters. So it's just like, I, I'm going to, I can feel myself at this point, like trying to like pick at the show and I have to sort of like reel myself in a bit. So my notes actually get a lot shorter from here. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Um, but yeah, like the lexicon aside, you know, believe me, I, when I had to re- remind myself, 
years ago about the John Teeter thing. It's like, oh, okay. Because, yeah, by 20, you know, when I was watching this 2014, it's like, yeah, there's, like you're saying, like, we, we've got terms for this. we got the bird like multiverse out there. I mean, D- DC and Marvel have made this <laughs> a codified word. Um, and never mind other science fiction. Um, but yeah, like, there's like, there's so many other words. Why do they use it? Like, oh, those were the actual terms. So yeah, believe me, I get where you're coming from. On yeah. That. And, but to, to their credit, I'll say like, Points for sticking with the the source material of the source material, <laughs> like what you're drawing off of. Like I, I gotta say, I admired that at least. Yeah, like, like they they seem to have like an earnest interest in it, and they're they're leaning in hard on it. So it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, you you build your <laughs> your weird AU of this crazy Florida man. Let's all right. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh my god, I never thought of it in those terms, but I kind of love it now. <laughs> Florida man AU okay all right but before before we uh begin new entries on AO3 how about we move into our next episode yeah that's gonna be episode five Starmine Rendezvous because these titles make perfect sense I'll be honest I haven't figured out them I haven't bothered to either I'm just gonna let them run so that said we we now cut ahead a few episodes Suzaha is being contemplative as Suzaha is wont to do. Uh, analyzing a pin, I'm sure it's nothing. It's fine. Yeah, it hashtag. I'm sure it's nothing applies to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut away then uh, to a bickering Okabe and Kurasu with the 5100 in in tow. As we learn in the box, Suzaha is like, "Hey, what?" Uh, a la seven what's in the box um <laughs> which i'm like i honestly sat there rewatching. i'm like i wonder if that was actually intentional <laughs> or if it was just a legitimate line of question with all the with all the references to pop culture in here i'm like i'm 50 50 on it and i can't decide which side i'm on um but anyway the, the you know Okabe tries to go in his long spiel. Kurosu just cuts him. I was like, it's a 5100. Just tell her it's a 5100. <laughs> At which point, Suza has, meets Makise for the first time and is also, has a very understandable kind of hostile reaction to her by taking an attack stance. Uh-huh. She, it is on sure sight. nothing. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing to have provocated that whatsoever. Don't worry about it. Um, so that's really weird. But eventually we make our way back into the lab, as the apartment is called. Um, Daru and Mayuri are doing Daru and Mayuri things. Um, it's kind of Christmas for both Daru and... Makise, because, you know, here's the 5100, we get to do some things. Makise does her best impersonation of a sundere, because of course she is. And Daru continues to abuse the word interwebs. Mm-hmm. And I love him for it, even though I also hate it. <laughs> it's such a weird re- reaction from me. Um, eventually, Daru says, okay, in order to make this connection to the computer, so we can... <clears throat> not continue to hack CERN. K, don't worry about it. Here's a list of parts. Okabe tries to keep calling Kurosu his assistant, which she is continuously not having. Daru more or less does the subtle putting his foot down, says, you know where the shops are, you do it. 
which again, I, as soon as I saw them, like we need viewers. If you want to send this to Akihabara so Nick can live his best life, just thumbing through <laughs> aftermarket parts. <laughs> Cause I immediately thought of you, buddy. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, is this just Christmas for Nick? <laughs> we just drop him in Akihabara and let him go to all the shops. It's not bad. I wouldn't say yeah. no. And we get to introduce Bob to some new wor- English words here because, um, Makise is going to get a tour and hang out with Mayuri of the lab. And we get to hear, uh, Mayuri ask what Daru meant by the phrase sapphic goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Not going to lie. That's also the first time I learned that word. So, like, th- this is, like, this is during the tour around the lab, right? He, essentially leading into it, but yes. Um, because then the, it's also like, the, she's like, and here's where we shower, and there's this whole yeah, thing about, shower, like, yeah. like, hey, go, you should not be showering with these boys around. And I'm like, even though you're right, come on, show, why are we talking about girls showering? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Listen, where, where you picked up on him as a VN, I think by this point watching the show, I'm like, oh, this is just a harem like Tenchi, just, you know, trying to be a little more subtle about it, but not necessarily but succeeding. Not at, I, I think, I don't think it's trying to be subtle. I think it's just like, if you were out of anime for a little while, your, your senses had yeah. dulled. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, 2014 me. Couldn't have picked up on it if I watched this now. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm picking, or I'm nailing this one from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, we also, uh, during that, you know, discussion about, you know, don't shower here. Promise me you will never shower here. Mayuri tells Maki say that, oh, it's fine because she's Okabe's hostage. This is not the first time in the show we've heard her use that term. Mm-hmm. But it is for Maki say when she starts to threaten to call the cops <laughs> and Mayuri says, no, no. This is what I wanted. God, and she's, yeah. Clearly, she's not actually a hostage. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. Yeah. Like, I, <sighs> I feel like this is where, without coming out right and saying it, this is where the show is kind of making clear that, like, yeah, no, the mad scientist thing is sort of like a... Uh, yeah, it is, it is shtick because that is like, that is why these two are friends, even though they are so like nothing. It's just like, yeah, no, th- this stick and this whole thing is how he like cares for her and shows support. And like, it's the shtick that makes them family. So of, of course, this is actually big, nice, important thing. And it's just like, all right, fine. Like, I feel like this is the first time we actually get this hint that like, uh, Okube's actually got like a nice heart in him somewhere under all the dipshit. <laughs> Regarding Mayuri, I mean, we get it back as far as episode one when he That's offers. That's true. So Mayuri, I mean, in to be fair, by this point, we understand Mayuri and Okabe are longtime friends. She is his longest known relationship. Um, the childhood girl next door, of course. You, this is a VN, you say? Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, but she was... The impression I got is like they weren't necessarily neighbors, but like school friends, yeah. even though they were a couple years apart. But again, my even today, for what I know about VNs, I really haven't dived into them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure you're going to say, no, this this is actually up completely normal in VN. But it's like I got the impression it's like he knew her more through like a family friend kind of deal, and then 
thing happened and thus they became more or less like lifelong friends. Listen, I, I have a whole separate section of notes. I have, I have two uh, appendixes full of notes for this show. So, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Put put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Okay. Cool. 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 So anyway, um, so now that we have ceased, (laughs) cease and desist the uh, calling of cops, uh, Okabe goes out to do some shopping and a wild Suzaha appears. And while the two kind of chill and hang out, uh, she mentions she knows someone or knew of someone that had, was like a de facto knowledge base on the 5100. And despite Okabe kind of like really insistently telling her, I was like, you put me in touch with this person. She, she drops the hard line. No, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Uh, and it's been, you know, dead for some time. We get that directly. Uh, Okabe, uh, you know, kind of tries to get information on her. He's like, why do you like, not, or not like Makusei? What's going on? You know, it was the scowl. It had to be the scowl. And she just says, you know, don't, tr- tr- don't trust her. And then we get this interesting reaction when helicopters just kind of pass over by and she really has another visceral reaction. She has some interesting reactions. This yeah. Season. So, and, and this is a, this is a good note for me because, because this is where all caps note, Oh, she's not Moe. She's from the Terminator future. Um, and like, Th- this is this is also something that I, I want to give to this to show the story. It's because you know wh- whatever. Um, I have spent the entirety of the last two episodes looking at each mystery they introduce and trying to like call my shots on what's actually going on here, and for the most part, I have been wrong. Like my my original read on on uh the shop girl. I don't remember any names. Suzaha. Sure. Uh, my read on her is that she was like a assassin sleeper agent sent by CERN to murder, uh, Kirisu because she's so smart that actually she is like a threat to CERN in every timeline or something. And like that was what my, my, my guess was going to be, but I was like, so oh, she was the Terminator. Something like that. Yeah. But so like, I, I do have to give it to the show that like, even the for as much of it is like clearly like oh this is you know well tread VN tropes. Whenever I'm trying to like call call ahead on its shots, it proves me wrong, and that's actually super interesting. Like this is the part where like I started to get a little more like I don't know if I enjoyed it anymore because it's still like you know oh these are these characters are either tropes or unpleasant. But like I had to give it the idea of like okay here is here is where it's definitely like telling a story that isn't immediately guessable and obvious and and i have to give it respect for that so to follow up exactly where we left off with suza and okabe uh eventually they mentioned or okabe mentions uh, the helicopters are probably gonna go watch the fireworks suza has also never seen fireworks okay don't worry about it uh so he tells her where to go she goes and they exchange contact data and she sends an email. Ha, seen fireworks. Cool. Um, once we get back to the lab, uh, Mike, uh, Mike and Mayuri met Okabe outside. They get back inside and okay. Or excuse me. Mike makes it very clear that, uh, she, it's not like she really is interested in anything other than the time machine. Of course, Baba Babaka will eventually introduce Bob to that reference. <clears throat> and, 
so while they're staying there, um, the Daru's working. Daru's doing his thing. Uh, Okabe realizes, you know, yes, Makisei does love her, her science, gets her a lab coat because uh, that's his thing. I don't really want to call it more than that. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, like, I don't think it's his thing that he's aware of, but it's kind of his thing that he's subconsciously unaware of. <laughs> he's, he, yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Yep. 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 Um, so, and we, we get, you know, funny, funny trope. Ha ha girl, girl stomach make sounds when she hungry. Uh, eventually we get the offering of real food instead of a nuked banana of the two flavors, salt or soy sauce. <laughs> Which, honestly, as soon as I heard that, my blood pressure just skyrocketed. I'm like, those are the same thing, really. Uh, but that said, they end up playing, uh, their Ryan at card game, which, Nick, is that actually a real thing? I just gotta know. Alright, welcome to... Yes or no right now, just yes or no right now. Hold on, we'll save that for later. Just yes or no. No, now is the time, though. Uh, okay. I, okay. Welcome to Appendix C for card game. Uh, Joe, I'm sorry. This is, uh, cause I saw this and like they talk about it and they talk about it with enough rules and I'm like, oh, is this actually a game? So, um, yes. It, okay. So what they are playing is right at Battlers, which is, a game that exists in the universe. It is a card game that is a spin-off of an in-universe anime. I'm putting that part aside. We just got to say it. Uh, okay. Although it comes back later in the series and in certain endings of the VN. So that's something to think about. Um, the game itself that they are playing, uh, the wiki refers to it as based on the game uh, Good and Bad Ghosts which is an actual game and looking at the rules is uh it's it's basically stratego it's basically like the uh the predecessor of stratego is anybody familiar with stratego okay. y- yes i played that absolutely game stratego my dad and i played that a lot and i could never beat him right okay so so basically if you know Stratego, this is a simplified version of that. You have eight pieces, four of them are good, four of them are bad, and there's basically an exit on the far side of the board. And you can capture an opponent's piece by moving on to it. And if you get a piece to the exit or capture a piece, you put that in your, like, scoring zone. And if you score four good pieces, yours or your opponent's, you win. If you score four evil pieces, you lose. So it is this sort of game about bluffing because you don't know which pieces of your opponent's are which. So it is this bluffing. Like, you need to push a bad piece like you're trying to score it to make them capture it to make them get closer to losing. It's like a bluffing game. Uh, that is that is basically the full rules of the original Good and Bad Ghosts. This one has... um modified it a little bit in that there is three or four, I forget because I read this a couple of weeks ago, um, 
like additional powers that you can do. So like you can block a thing on the field. You can uh, basically give a speed buff to a piece on the board uh, and, and a couple of other things like that. Uh, but that's it. So like, so the thing is, is like the way that this comes back in other places in the story is that there is a timeline world line whatever where this show is actually a Yu-Gi-Oh show but this is the card game I want to watch that I know that's what I was before the show that's what I was looking so hard for is I thought that there was an actual spin-off game or series or manga or something where it was Yu-Gi-Oh but in the Steins Gate universe over on the side um I could not find it. It looks like it is kind of one of the endings from the game, uh, but that's, I, I don't know enough about that. To that speak makes on it. sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, more than that, as to whether this is a real game or not, because the rules are so well defined, because it, it is so like well constructed inside the, the world, uh, people have built versions of this game. Like it is based enough on a real game that with enough changes that are well enough explained that People have made print and play. People have made a couple of different, like, online implementations of this game. So you can go and play this game. In that sense, it is real. It has been made real. Um, again, it is basically a slimmed down Stratego, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, yeah, I kind of want to play it. Yeah, it, it seems not bad. And so, you know, I, this is everything I, this, this is the one time I did research because there was like a, three frames of a board game on a table in this shot. Uh, and now I close the appendix. Thank you for coming to my, my uh, Ted, talk. Ted talk, gel talk. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Gel talk. No one, no one's claiming you're John Teeter uh, copycat. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, naturally Makise owns Okabe at this too, because Okabe is essentially just easy. He doesn't know how to bluff. He's terrible at what he does. <laughs> Um, he admires her lust for soda mm-hmm. because of course, as she puts it, duh, America. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the hard stuff, which she thinks means alcohol when he offers her possibly getting the hard stuff is just the caffeinated version, which I kind of love that being a trait. Caffeinated <laughs> like, or carbonated? I thought they said, yeah, excuse me, okay. carbonated. All right, all right. Excuse me, you're, you're carbonated. I, which I, I still, I love that. I was like, ah. Uh, you know, there is an innocence there of that being the car, that being quote unquote the hard stuff for you. That's probably like the one endearing character trait. Uh huh. I, um, yeah. And then, um, there, there's then a, unfortunately, oh, go ahead. There's a really good line somewhere in all of this where, like, I, I think it's while, like, he's trying to pressure her into being the assistant, but she has this line that all I'm going to marvel at is your stupidity. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no, no wonder this character is the love interest. He's the only one who I like in this show. Like, spot on. <laughs> if I, if I, if all, the one who gets murdered in the first episode, in the first half of the first episode is kind of the audience stand in for people I would want to hang out with. I guess. Uh, according to the cheat, that checks out. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, we get a moment of Okabe being a terrible human being because Kurisu calls him by his actual name, not his mad scientist nom de plume, and he reacts completely unreasonably, to which Makise is you know, completely visibly shaken and gives him a real dressing down 
deservedly. And once again, Daru kind of being a good guy when Okabe, dense as a brick, can't figure out what happened and why she's upset. Just like something to the effect of like, think about that long-winded, really, you know, really charged rant Mm -hmm. and process the information. (laughs) You'll get there. And while he's still working away, and again, good, true good guy would have stopped what he's doing. But, you know, at, at least, you know, he's on her side. And this is, again, one of those times I'd say, this is more of a genuine on her side is my read than just him trying to, like, ah, oh, you know, him being the, the sex pest. Because, like, he's clearly into what he's doing. Too hyper-focused uh, to, to divorce himself from it. There's a really weird take on him, too, where he is the, like classic like hentai otaku where like i think when we're in the maid cafe there is talk about like his 2d wife yeah so i i think there is this element of like there is a baseline he is never going to be that bad of a pervert because to him like the way he interacts with women and just like how his sexuality is enacted is entirely voyeuristic so like he's never I don't think he's ever going to be the kind to like enforce his wants upon somebody else, but he is going to oogle the hell out of everything that he can find that, that tickles him. Yeah. So it's, I can, I, I can see that. So it's, it's that like, it's like, mm, that's only better on a technicality. That's only on technicality. So at that point, you know, everything around it is completely awkwardly silent while Daru continues just to plug away. Okabe tries to show genuine concern by saying, like, isn't there someone you should, that would be worrying that you're not home yet? And she mentions, like, her, she and her father haven't spoken for years, and her mother's back in America, so it's not like she's waking, waiting for a call or anything. Um, at which point, shortly thereafter, Daru does his best, uh, Frankenstein impersonation because it's alive, because he has successfully managed to link in the IBM 5100 into his internet computer to continue the hacking of legally distinct spelled with an S CERN. Mm-hmm. And so they get in and we learn about the Z program, which has come up before uh, in other episodes we didn't watch, but we didn't have any information. Uh, I will say the only relevant thing here is at that point, they found nothing on time, tra- the keyword search time travel, time, yeah. time travel. Um, but Z program had a lot of information. It was coded, which is why we needed the IBN. And so as they dig in, they find out this programs have gone back as far as 1973. Uh, it was, and the details are that, you know, after we've decrypted it, yes, covert time travel plan is decrypted in this computing code. So Makise, while reading all this, says, you know, this this clearly can't be what it looks like it is. Because, you know, not you know, time travel not real continues to read, oh, damn, time travel real. <laughs> because we get a description of the process uh, that they are trying, that's legally distinct, spelled with an S. CERN, is trying to make happen, you know, phase one. Make the Large Hadron Collider phase two. They just say it. They just say Large Hadron Collider. Yeah, just Large Hadron Collider. It's phase two, practical applicant, you know, turning of, tuning of the lifter, which they explain what lifters are. Uh, Google it. That's all I'm telling you, audience. Mm -hmm. Just Google lifters. Uh, Phase three, animal trials. Phase four, profit. Uh, Excuse me, human testing. And... 
we get a lot of this phrase popping up as we continue to go through in this Z program that human is dead mismatch. Uh, don't worry about it because there's also this report called the jelly man's report. And we all like jelly. Everyone loves jelly, peanut butter, and jelly. It's a good time. What we do is we go on and we discuss, discover with this, um, uh, that Okabe actually does have a sense of consciousness or conscious, excuse me, a conscience, excuse me, there, there. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that audience. And at that point says, okay, to Okabe and Dara, it's like, okay, if y'all want out, this is the time. Also, because she's very important to the work they're doing, not that he was about to say important to him, uh-huh. even though they've only known each other for five episodes, but I get the impression it's been like a couple of weeks. Time is kind of, time in a time travel show is kind of fluid. Uh-huh. Um, Mikey says, like, nah, nah, I'm all in, Daru, all damn the torpedoes. So here we go. And they kind of take a break before they do this. And they, they do read over the jelly, excuse me, they do read over the jelly man reports. And they get names with this human is dead mismatch. Human is dead mismatch. And you get to find out that CERN has been sending people, attempting to send people through time. But they end up at various weird different points and places in the world throughout history. I think there was one that was like, in like early 1900 Japan mm-hmm. at the base of Mount Fuji, there's just this gelatinated body corpse there in New York. There was a corpse gelatinated half in and half out of a wall. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone needs to take a break and they talk, Makise talks to Daru about, you know, essentially what happened while Okabe is up on the roof processing all this information they found and saying, essentially, it's like, take this sponge and you try to squeeze it through a tiny hole. Not everything's going to come through right or process through correctly, and thus that's how we get jelly corpse. So not only do we get gel nanas, we get gel people. They gelled the boys, which mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand. Is that like an aspect? Uh, yeah. Well, no, there's nothing suspended in it, I think. Well, a skeleton. Oh, suspended. Oh, um. This was again my little thing because I could like this the Jelly Man report they get turned into jelly. So why are they called gel nanas with a G? Because gel and jelly are different. To be fair, I'm the one that spelled it with a G. I don't know if they did. It's it's in the subtitles. Otherwise, I it is I, in the subtitle. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't have put it in my notes. I probably picked it up then and just forgot I did. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, I, uh, who knows? I mean. First gelatinous nana, and then jelly human, because it's a jelly man. Because what could, what bad things, it's like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, what bad things could come from jelly man? <laughs> so, okay, so, uh, th- that's pretty much the episode, right? Uh, more or less, we get, uh, Makise, it, it goes up to the roof at the end of the episode to talk to Okabe and says, you know, what are we gonna do? And Makise, or next me, Okabe makes the completely rational decision to, uh, we're gonna beat CERN to the punch mm-hmm. and we'll take over the world, Pinky. But yeah, then hard cut the episode. So when they're looking at the Jellyman report and it keeps saying mm-hmm. mismatch, do we get a, a later explanation of exactly what mismatch means? Not really. The, the best I have been able to come up with on my own is that mismatch means essentially test was a failure. 
Right. I, I mean, I, that, that's obviously like the, you know, the sort of sterilized subject died thing. But I'm just trying to figure out like mismatch. They did not arrive where we sent them or mismatch. We did not send a jelly man into the past, but a jelly man arrived. I mean, both are accurate. Uh, I kind of was thinking like maybe it's like their, you know, genetic component wasn't compatible to successfully get them through or something like that. Yeah, there definitely seemed to be an element of that being suggested. So I, I like, uh, it's clear what it's supposed to be. I, and I don't think there's an issue if it's never properly explained. I was just wondering if it was, cause that is a little like, oh, that, that, that is the kind of like tiny thing that could be revealed to have like meaning, but it also <clears throat> didn't seem like the one that necessarily needed meaning needed to be. I'll explained. be honest. There's a part of me that wishes it was, and wishes it meant something far more, like a far greater implication. Because, kind of like you, 2014 me, it's like, what does mismatch mean? Like, what were they trying to get? Like a specific time, a specific area? What? Mm-hmm. It's it's just and, such and, a specific word over failure. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, that was probably the one thing that kind of really left me wanting. At the end, I was like, but why mismatch? <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Fun. you. Like, All yeah. right. Uh, Bob, Joe. Oh yeah. Yes. For me, it was more... Oh, sorry, Joe. I was just going to tell you what. Uh, for me, this was an attempt at redeeming uh, Okuba. And it did a little bit. Uh, still a little manic on him. Just fine. This was more of a... Mm, Would you say it was kind of like... Episode? Fair, yeah. I was going to say, kind of like peeling back his onion. Just saying, like, ah, there is a little bit more than what we first thought. A little bit, and that's all I will really say about this episode. You didn't like the Jellymans? Meh. Oh. I mean, it, it's just natural continuation and trying to explain the logic behind it. Again, I'll explain more at the end. I, I, okay, that's fair. I was honestly a little disappointed at Jell Nana's because when all we had was, you know, Joe saying it because it was in the, the tagline on our list, I for some reason I was imagining, like, a midichlorian, but the size of like a chicken egg, just like one big one. Like, oh, it's some sort of science thing, it's, but also can maybe organic. It's a gel nana. Oh, that's from a different universe or something. But it's like, no, it's a banana. What became gel? Gel nana. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right, what it says on the label. Yeah, I over if you if they had spelled it with a J, maybe I would have put it together. But no. Uh, okay, so let's get, I, it sounds like we're going to have a lot to unpack, uh, at the end here, but before we get there, uh, it's time for episode nine. Chaos Theory Homeostasis number two. Like I said, I haven't figured out the reasons for the title, but you can on your own. So we have, we skip ahead a little bit. Okabe and Daru are at Queen May's again, because of course we are. And they're discussing that they've now at this point, confirmed that D-mails, I'm going to, I'll spell that out in a second, uh, are in fact capable and do travel back through time, but the outcomes of which are not necessarily guaranteed. So let's unpack D-mails. In episode we didn't watch, they actually have a naming convention party, such that one of the options was the email that leapt through time. Oh my God. Yeah. Daru suggested that, if I remember correctly. He would. He would. Yes, he would. Um, then there was the, what was it? Flux capacitor email, which Mayuri suggested, which eventually came down to Makase deciding to 
say, well, why don't we, or no, it was Myri, I believe, said, no, or DeLorean mail. It's like, well, we'll call it a D mail. It's short. It makes, you know, we understand what it means. It gets the point across. And when we abbreviate it, no <laughs> one knows what we're talking about. Oh my God. Uh, I forgot it was DeLorean. Oh yep. my God. Yep. Pop culture references. Okay. To be fair though, let, let's put this in the context. This is why I can, I think I can accept some of their pop culture references. Put this in the context of some young 20-somethings in 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. These references absolutely make sense. This yeah, is what they're drawing not. upon. Yeah, like I said, that's that's how I accept it, and that's probably why it works for me. Uh, but anyway, so we also learn, again, a short time thereafter, they try and win the lotto. Because of course you would. That's the first thing people are going to try and do when you have time travel technology. You're not going to try and make the world better. You're going to try and win some money. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, they typed in one of the numbers wrong, and they demailed it to Ruka, Rukaka, you know, a while back. Shrine Maiden. Backwards in time. Yeah, Shrine Maiden. And because the number was wrong, I, I don't remember if they put it in wrong or she, he, sorry. Damn. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh-huh. There, there's a reason this is happening too, and I, it's partly a order of events. If you watch the show, you'll understand. Yep. And I believe a certain event has already happened at this point. And I, that's why I think the pronoun fits at this time. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And, but I like, Rukaka may have, Rukaka, excuse me, may have given the wrong number. I don't remember. It's like I said, it's either they send it back or Ruka uh, gave, gave the wrong number when getting it. So they only got like the third place prize, which essentially was like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. Hmm. But they proved it worked is the thing. And by this point, they've had several experiments because as you can imagine with all these friends, you know, certain people want to do certain things with time travel. Of course. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and some of them are problematic. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that being said, so Ferris overhears this, and Okabe is like, I'm not going to, essentially shorthanded, and, you know, I'm not telling you, and she tries to, you know, g- give him the, the cute look, doesn't work. Okay, Daru, Daru has zero resistance, rolls, doesn't even try and roll resistance, mm-hmm. and just spills the beans. Because of course Daru would. He's a simple man. So <sighs> Okabe and Daru eventually leave. You know, Ferris is interested, but we cut out there for the intro. We come back. Okabe's on the roof at the lab and uh, taking his laundry up there. And he runs into Makise in a very heated conversation with unidentified person at this point. Don't worry about it. And storms inside after she catches Okabe watching, or kind of eavesdropping, but only having just got there. You know, your, your typical trope. Uh, he eventually comes downstairs, goes back inside and chilling, watching the news. Makise storms in, turns off the TV, tells him he does, she doesn't want to talk about it, and then proceeds to get, you know, sit far away and eventually get closer to him to still not discuss it, but clearly wants to vent about it. Okabe kind of gives her an out, try, you know, tries to show some compassion, but as soon as she reacts, he switches on the, I want to call it the incel shield. 
mm-hmm. and, and just goes mad scientist mode again because he doesn't know how to handle himself around a flesh and blood woman that isn't Mayuri. <clears throat> so we cut away at that point back to the maid cafe. Ferris, I, I would say, pumps Mayuri for information, but that implies there was actual effort applied. But gets it from Mayuri, just saying, "It's like, hey, yeah, this is a thing we can do." And Mayuri also expresses kind of concern, like, "I don't, I don't like that we're doing this. Something, something doesn't feel right about this." Um, and then we cut back to a discussion of actual time travel vis-a-vis a person through time at the lab. And Makise reiterates, you know, a human body can't go through a Kerr black hole. It too small, you too big, jelly man. Right. Um, gravity. They, but they know the tech works. And the only thing they can't figure out is what is acting as their lifter, which if I remember correctly, serves as a source of magnetic force. Mm-hmm. Or electromagnetic force. Um, I'm not a scientist. I am only moderately intelligent at best. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's essentially an important component. <laughs> um, they don't know what's working as that though. So at what point Okabe is continuing to go damn the torpedoes on doing this, and we get a fun another pop culture mess. A moment when Makise calls Okabe a Wesley. And we get those lovely moments of TNG references and continue on from there. Daru uh, mentions, though, hey, yeah, we still haven't figured out what's in those CERN reports. And Okabe's a little shocked because we had the 5100. Where is the 5100? We've never had the 5100. Some I'm not going to say who, but someone may have sent a message, and then all of a sudden they're not there, and nor is the 5100. So we go on. Okabe fills them in on what kind of didn't happen in their reality, but did happen to allow him to understand things. It is should be noted at this point, despite proving that the emails time travel, no one believes or is a hundred percent in on Okabe is actually shifting realities. No one, no one's committed to that, but Okabe yet. Right. So that being said, we end up having Okabe go back to the shrine. Ruka says her father, his father. No, no, can confirm at this point. I'm sorry, it's a her. And I will explain because it bears repeating because I'm going to keep stumbling all this trying to hide what happened. Uh-huh. Ruka wanted to have always been born a girl. That's so they find a way to send a D-mail to his mother's pager to convince her to eat more meat because that's a completely proven scientific thing. Uh-huh. Eat more meat while you're pregnant, mean boy. <clears throat> or excuse me, eat more vegetables, excuse me, to make, to therefore make girl. And then they go back and initially, hmm, nothing's changed. Okay, guess it didn't work. It will be found out, unfortunately, I believe in the episode directly after this, because everyone keeps calling Rukaka, Rukako, her or she, 
Okabe says, knock it off, and makes a very uncomfortable attempt to prove. Oh. And finds out certain things aren't where they should be. That sucks. So this is why I'm stumbling a lot here, and I'm sorry. And again, that this is very, unfortunately, Ruka's ex- uh-huh. what Ruka did could have been portrayed a hundred different ways to make it less uncomfortable. I, to, do I get the initial understanding of why they chose the way they did? Yes. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. There. So that is why I keep stumbling here. So that, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not that insensitive. At this no, that, she is, that, she. yeah, that just sucks overall. Yeah. It's bad. It's that, bad. That's it's bad. not even the bad that I thought it was, but okay. I was thinking of a different <clears throat> no. thing. Yeah. There's some other bads too, but this is, this is the bad with Ruka. So anyway, her father at this point in this reality confirms, nope, we had one, but it gone missing. Don't worry about it. <sighs> so we, we have Ferris kind of doing just Ferris things for a minute before, uh, Okabe calls and asks her if she knows anything about the 5100 because it was determined previously Ferris's father had left the 5100 at the shrine for safekeeping. Reasons to be explained at a later date. <clears throat> so that's why he's kind of barking up this tree. Uh, Ferris, in this reality, is kind of hums and haws about it, and eventually says, you know, well, I'll get back to you. And from this point, we get a real feel for kind of the tech scene, you know, insert into anime, the real world. We get a real kind of look at Akihabara and it's beautiful. I want to go to there. Um, we, we get this because everyone is eventually invited over to Ferris's home and they get to a building that none of them expected to end up at which is a skyscraper. And they go up to her home, which is on the top floor. And, oh, excuse me, I'm skipping a little. Before they get inside, Okabe hears Moeka, Mm -hmm. Shining Finger, and looks around, sees her, chases her down, and she asks, you know, have you seen the 5100? He says, no, I don't know where it is. I thought you might know. And she's just very depressed. There's some things said that maybe, you know, maybe, maybe mean things. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's made clear at this point, Mayuri and Daru catch up and they recognize Moika, which in the previous episode, Okabe asks, Hey, does anyone, you know, has anyone seen Moika? Who's Moika? So, Clearly an indication that whatever happened previously, the previous message sent had fixed their encounter to where they, everyone in the group knew her again. That, that said, they all continue to Ferris's place. Uh, we, we get up to the top floor. We see that Ferris has a butler and it's a very lovely apartment. If I do say so, mm-hmm. uh, and we learn that 
Ferris is kind of holding out on information on the 5100 for use of a D-mail. She wants to send something. She will not divulge what it is. Daru not being the good champion, but just being a simp. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, Mayuri, though, being a good girl, said, yeah, respect her privacy. I will say Okabe kind of has, doesn't articulate it well in any way, but he kind of has a good reason to want to know because we are screwing with time. That's probably one of the few things I can agree with him on to this point. Yeah, like, we need to keep track of this. It's so wild when he's, like, the most reasonable one in the scene. But, like, here he absolutely is. He's just like, hey, you know we're messing with time stuff, right? And and to, I will say, to this point, too, in the series, had we been watching it, we would have seen, like, there have been some shifts that, again, like, we don't know a person and the IBN is gone. Yeah. Um. So we, it makes sense, like, at this point, it's like, maybe I need to be a little more responsible than I was before. Still, still wanting to play around and screw around with time travel, but maybe, you know... Keep a list. I don't know where he's going to keep it because world lines change. It's not like he can take paper with him. Mm-hmm. It's just his consciousness moving through time. Um. So eventually, Okabe agrees. She spills like, well, it was at the shrine, but it was lost. I couldn't have told you. And so, you know, they're back to square one. And in this course of this discussion, we learn also Ferris is responsible for essentially weeb culture in Akihabara? Yeah, I, okay, I cannot believe this whole. I know. Like, I know. Call it a reveal, but it's, 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 I mean, and this goes back to like the, the tropiness, right? Like, not only was she the, like, most into, like, the, well, like, the most into character, uh, cat maid, but also she's like, yeah, also, like, my family is responsible for Akihabara and Moe culture and, Uh like, uh, again, like she's the one who's really hard into the the Rye Battlers like tournament scene. So it's just like she like mm-hmm. as far as tropes go, like she is sort of like a, a super cut of a couple of other characters that they wanted to get in here. And it's, she is just like she is so dense with tropes. You could probably bend gravity around her. That's what I'm is saying she, here. Is she not, though, a better Seto Kaiba than Seto Kaiba? Because essentially same financial situation only without the need to try and beat a kid younger than him slash an Egyptian pharaoh. Disagree. You know, fair. Okay, maybe I should say a more chill, because don't get me wrong, Kai was cool. <laughs> I love Blue Eyes White Dragon. But anyway. Kai, just, you know. Kai was at least honest do, do about not, it. Do not do not trigger my set of Kai oh. was- Okay. Oh, fan. Was... I don't even know what to call it. It was only a joke. It was only a joke. She's a sleeper agent for Kaiba. I'm just saying, there is like a waterfall of oh. fandom shit you do not want to unlock. That was, that was not the intent by and far. I want to unlock it so bad. I want to grab a stick and kind of poke. No, I'm just saying, like, my first fandom like involvement at all was Yu-Gi-Oh and oh. I'm a mega Seto Kaiba I guess Stan is the word here um but okay. yeah so I've built up this dam inside to hold everything back but it's always precariously on the verge of cracking and just spilling out <laughs> is it 
Is it a dam or is it a metal suitcase full of cards? <laughs> cards full of information. That said, enough poking the bear there. Poking the blue eyes white dragon. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, because we learned not only is she this apparent, you know, cornerstone, it's also apparent because her real name is Akiha Rumiho, which sends Daru into just a conniption. Mm-hmm. Um, because Daru's a sim, and <laughs> so we we get to the point where we have to honor our promises, Okabe. And Okabe is going to let her send the email. And we get this lovely moment where, as always, Kurisu holds all the cards. Because Okabe tries to be his normal, his normal jerk-ass self. And Kurisu has the power to just hang up on him. And continuously does until he acts like a proper gentleman slash child. Because <laughs> she gets to dig in that dagger a little bit. Because she deserves to. For putting up with this crap. I love it. It's good. Put him on yeah. a leash. Yeah. I'm, I'm, mm. mm-hmm. I stand by anyway. it. Anyway. Um, so we also get this little visual, you know, that comes through as we do whenever we send a email after they send it, which we do see of all the characters again. Ferris is the one that kind of said, wait a minute, is this such a good idea? And I really think if she'd had more time, if she didn't have to send it right when they did, because of the, they still don't know what's acting as their lifter, I think she may not have sent it. But regardless, she does. World, world shifts. They're still in her home. But there's a strange man there that none of them have ever met because it's her dead father. And they eventually leave. There's comments like, oh, yeah, her father's such a nice guy. Because, of course, everyone else has known her father in this reality. And we're on the walk home. Because, of course, we're on the walk home. Where else are we going to do? So as they're walking home, we get the sense that something's trying to drop. Because one of these little blue butterflies cuts across the screen. Because, of course, it does. Because that's not subtle at all. And Mayuri wants to go to another city. I desperately trying to find the name here, but I can't. Um, but it's essentially a train ride over, and it's not a close one at all. Because she wants to go buy a dojinshi. We have a new word for Bob Tool. <laughs> Is that like a martial art? No. Um, a doujinshi is basically a fan created comic. Um, it's doujinshi. Yes, the Japanese term for a self published print work, such as magazines, manga, and novels. Oh, it's a fanfic. It's, it's very tied up in like the Japanese version of zine culture. So like sometimes you got doujinshi that's like, yeah, I made this on my, my copier down at Kinko's and now I'm selling them at the artist alley at the con. Also, it's also like porn 80% of the time. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause, um, doujin is self-published works. Doujinshi are derivative of existing work. So yeah, it's like fan art and fan work. 
of an existing IP. So that being said, Bob, you've learned so many new things. We're going to keep going. Uh, Nakano, that by the way, they wanted to go to Nakano, uh, which is pretty far away. And, uh, Okabe just looks at her kind of stunned and is like, wait a minute, why would you want to do that? This, you know, our, our whole neighborhood is just lousy with, and then he looks around. And that's when the other shoe really drops. Because all the, all everything that makes real world Akihabara, Akihabara, the electronic scene, the anime scene, the, the made cafe culture, everything is gone. It doesn't exist there. It's just, I don't want to use the word normal, but it's kind of like your bog standard area now. It's and just like a town. Yeah, it's just a town. It is a bog standard boring town. And Okabe is now realizing this is probably the biggest of consequences to this point of screwing around with time travel that they have had. Is He's literally had an effect on the capital W world. I mean, I guess not counting uh, Kirisu getting killed versus a satellite crashing into a building. All right, we're going we're gonna to discount that one for now. I mean, shut up, they don't know about that yet. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I mean. Like, like the world, the literal world has changed as a result. And that's where we end, essentially. Although if you did watch the uh, next time, you got the impression that maybe something worse is on the way. So that's the end of our fourth episode. So, so that's actually something that I um I I want to give. I, I'm going to go ahead and move us into final thoughts because I feel like we all got some pretty heavy final thoughts on this. Um, yeah, unless there's anyone that actually has comments or anything before that. No, uh, I I I am good with episode four. It was not a bad episode, and it's nice to see them putting things into practicality. And that's all I'll say on that episode. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um frustrating with shows like this where like like i would i restricted myself to watching only the first episode because that's like the point of our show um (laughs) but like i definitely want to go back and watch this whole series because like i definitely get the sense like there's i'm missing stuff in that in episodes (laughs) that we skipped over that would kind of bolster my overall sense of the threads of the show i got one um okay well then i guess i gotta change what i was gonna well no because because like you know my experience with this show was as soon as i thought hey why does this feel like a vn i immediately went and read like pretty much all of the wiki um and that has uh influenced a lot of my my thoughts on this show but like Mm -hmm. uh, a thing that the show does is uh and specifically you know staying on on the end of the fourth episode here uh i do appreciate that uh, again, like I was saying, this is not necessarily a slow burn uh, because, you know, uh, e- even earlier, like there was a two episode gap between saying, hey, this specific computer MacGuffin we need versus showing up with it in hand and moving on to the next thing. I'm like, all right, two episodes. That That's a pretty good. That's time to have an adventure in there on the way. But it's also not dragging it out too long. Um and with the way this episode ends, and we're really getting into this, like, oh, right, butterfly effect, the thing that we saw happen in the first episode, but now it's finally sinking in. And, like, 
seeing that this show is not going to be about the mystery of how does time travel work so much as sort of like it is it is yeah it's going to have the two acts most of what we saw was in the fucking around bit and now it feels like a lot of the rest find out phase yeah it is about finding out and being like oh how do i undo everything i've done oh no oh this was bad like if the fact that like the show is moving on into doing like there, there is a like logical progression and uh, consequences. Yeah, absolutely. This show is a, is going to be dealing with consequences, and I feel like we've watched a bunch of shows who are like not interested in consequences so much as reveals. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, again, like for for a show full of characters that I don't really enjoy, I do respect things that it's doing in terms of just like the structure of a show and and telling a story like this. Before we get into everyone else's final thoughts, I will just say this, because my summation is really simple, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like the show. That's why I put it here. It is one of my favorite shows because it is, oops, all consequences, (laughs) essentially. Um, And I, I, what I do remember of, it's like, yeah, I didn't like Okabe to begin with. I, I think having watched it and then rewatched it to kind of get all the points and everything, you know, to see, to see where everything really was. Um, I don't, I won't say he's anywhere near like my favorite character, but he's at least an understandable character. Um, and it's again, this, the, the greatest tragedy of the show is it is a product of its era. Uh, but again, I, I like the consequences. I like how they kind of handle their explanations regarding time travel and what can and cannot be done. And how they resolve everything, I, I enjoyed. Mm. Without getting in, being as spoiler free as possible. So that, that's my stand. And the fact that I can at least get Joe to watch it, get someone to you know, like, ah, at least I got one of them, just makes me feel accomplished. Anything else is just gravy at this point. So please, your final thoughts. Mm, who's going first? Time travel, interesting curious to find out more details about it and I always love um, a multiple timeline setup I'm curious how what they do with it don't like the main character that much Um, have enough vague interest in some of the other characters to be interested in seeing where they go with it um but yeah, mostly I'm into it for the setup and the question of the the rule set they're playing with. Fair. And so Nick has kind of that balance. I'm going to be, unfortunately, the opposite side. Eh. <clears throat> I think that uh, suffers a lot from. Oh, I think this has the potential to be a great show. Uh, of every single show we've watched this show suffers the most from where watching four episodes. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't have an interest in the main character. I, I will be fully honest. I don't. And the side characters, like the do to do the third yeah. time of that, I was like, eh, it's a bit, I could never guess her age. She is a cat maid. But at some points she seems 12. Uh, you've got 
Do, photograph person who's too timid and I don't know electronic dependent and the only person that you really care about is dead at the beginning but not really do, and it, l- l- let's play this game right now how old does everyone think the main character is well I can't say anything Okaba yeah. uh, knowing thanks to animes the real answer is <laughs> probably different so I will go. I'll give two answers. Okay. Old Bob would say probably around thirty-two. Yeah, I, I guess that's the I'm, thing. There's the how old does does he seem to be, and then how old do you think he canonically is? So those are definitely two different can, answers. Canonically, I'm going to put him at twenty-three. Okay. Um, because he's out of college, but he brought his college friend to bud with him, which I don't get there companionship at all there's just so many questions uh joe you want to take a guess at this game i'm gonna assume everybody is late teens early 20s our main character uh okabe is 18 years old no uh-huh the oldest character of our like main character group that we've been hanging out with is 19 about Mr. Uh, oh, landlord. He, oh, I mean, he's going to be older, but I'm, I'm not considering man, yeah. like everyone who we know who is like part of the lab. It the oldest uh-huh. person is 19, and I think that's um, uh, uh, Kirisu. Moika. Um, oh, maybe. Um, because if I remember correctly, Moika is like in her is a little bit older, but like. And I, I didn't notice this till I watched the outro on the the last episode we watched. But like, Kurisu with just like titties out in the art of yeah, the yeah. ending theme. I'm just like, woof. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this is. I, I, Bob, finish your thoughts before I start getting into a VN lecture. For myself, I back and forth with this show to be fair chuck i go back and forth with this show it's a show where i know if i was going to sit down and watch it all the way through there's a good chance everything will make sense the characters will make sense i just like joe it's been a couple weeks since i last watched it and in all honesty because the first two episodes kind of turned me off to the main character Mm -hmm. i struggled watching five and seven i get it the last couple episodes and even though I did watch it, and you can tell that there's progression, it, it, I don't know that I'll go back to it, but I can see where the setup is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't want to paint it in a negative light because you can see that there's progression there. This show just suffers from what I saw. I get it. Four four episodes, you know, especially with, and I will say, in my opinion, you're right. With this show, four episodes, that's that's a tall order. Because everything kind of is fluid. It keeps moving. And so I get it. So I would posit for season two, unless you know what you're going to do, time travel is a hard thing to do piecemeal. Mm-hmm. I think this show is probably the inferior product to the VN it is based on. Really? Okay, go on. So, okay. 
hold on, before you go on, are you telling me I need to actually sit down, give Steam my money, and play the VN? I think you might enjoy... Oh my god. How about this? I'll start here. I put one of the spinoff games from this series on my Steam wish list. I'm not about to run out and buy it. It is the one where they are on the, let me see if I get this right, they are on the Delta Effector field, wherein CERN never exists and World War III is not on the table, so people are just having a nice time. Um. By the way, that's that's kind of the breadth that I'm, I'm trying to think now how to approach this because, like, you know, knowing that at least Joe wants to like actually watch it, I don't want to, you know, just talking about it freely and, and spoilerifically. But um, from what we've watched and looking at it in the context of a visual novel, first thing that I will absolutely say is, and, and again, this comes off of the the whole age game, is that. Visual novels love to be edgy for some reason, especially ones of this era, like like oh, I, guess, I guess around the the 2010 or something like that. Um, but like a visual novel will love to sexualize and or murder preteens or teenagers. Like, I like uh, I, I think a lot of it comes from maybe like the the battle royale. Uh, sort of style of story where it's a bunch of high schoolers murdering each other. But when oh, we talk about Danganronpa now, exactly Danganronpa is, is just like, I'm... hey, here is a classroom full of kids, and it is a murder mystery where it's just like, I forget what the rules of Danganronpa are, but it's just like, don't tick off the bear. Like you have to murder someone every twenty four hours, and then there is a trial where you try to figure out who the murderer was, and either they get away with it and you die for guessing wrong, or they get executed for being a murderer, and then it loops. But like, um, or um, what is it? Uh, another big one that I'm familiar with is in uh, oh, the Nonary Games, I believe is the name of the series. You might know it as like nine nine nine, which is actually a shorthand for like nine people, oh, nine doors, nine rooms. Advertised. So that that is another one where it is it is very much that. And and so like it's not always as directly like harem-y. Like there there's definitely like the the um you know the romantic visual novel, which is very much like, hey, there are a lot of genres of girls for you to have crushes on and then go and mm-hmm. pick your favorite one. But then there has also been this uh sort of style of visual novel where it's trying to be like edgy and like death is on the line and nonary games especially are very time travel heavy like it is it, it is the kind of game where like th- that one specifically i don't know don't know so much about sign but I, I imagine it's not too uh unrelated but like that is a game where reaching bad endings where like people that you don't want to die get killed is necessary to gather information to then go and unlock other timelines, like on further playthroughs where you can then get to different endings. Like, like it is very much about like, and, and that's the thing. That's why I think the, the science gate is probably like the story that they're telling is going to be formatted more for a game where like 
you only follow one particular timeline flowchart at a time. And so it, this idea of like, oh, this is on this playthrough, we are going to be spending more time with the Terminator future girl. And we are going to like get more of her backstory at once. Or in this one, it is going to be, we are going to spend more time with Shining Finger and we're going to find out what her deal is. And then like the further you get with each one. And like, so it's this whole thing of like, so my quick read uh, of the thing, and this is going to be like large spoilery. So I don't know how much I want to say, but basically like. Try and do as general as you can for Joe's sake. I'm trying. Well, Joe, how much do you know about V end in which case this will not be that spoilery? Um, uh, I basically, I mean, I know enough to know that they're like tropastic. Usually have a true ending. Yeah. Okay. Like, I know them mostly from, from the romance game angle. Okay. So, so then this shouldn't be. Even if it's a spoiler, this shouldn't be much of a surprise. But basically, okay. like, the the major endings of the game are uh, one ending, is, like, ending A is uh, the ending where Kurisu gets murdered uh, for being good at time travel science. Um, mm-hmm. Ending B is uh, childhood friend gets murdered for some reason mm-hmm. or ends up dying in some way like like because b- time or reality hates her yeah so, her. so you know uh, again thinking about this like in a lineage of like uh, like romance v end you look at it as like the exotic foreign exchange student who is your intellectual peer gets killed or your childhood friend who you have a, a huge emotional connection with and almost like somewhere between brotherly and partner relationship with one of them is going to be killed and then the true ending which you get by doing like by going down every bad ending to learn every little deed that you have to groundhog's day you know the end of groundhog's day where he's done Mm -hmm. every bad end so many times that he can do the one perfect run um that is a true end where neither of them die and you end up on the one perfectly aligned timeline that I think is the Steins Gate. I'll give that away because it's a stupid thing. The way that they treat proper nouns in this show is stupid. I, it's fine. Yes. Um, yes. but so like that, that's the thing, right? It is like it's, and so I think this show, uh, follows the true end path where basically it is very much about, you know, we, we started with this, Hey, there are some mysteries. What's going on? And then it immediately gets into, as soon as stuff goes off the rails, it is about him running around and trying his hardest to get the true ending of the game, right? And fix everything as it's going wrong so nothing goes super terrible. But I think, you know, again, because of the structure of these VNs, the intended storytelling is to, you know, reach a number of bad ends before... Like sort of before you get the happy ending, but before you not even just like before you get it, but like it is you know storytelling is as much about the reveal of information as it is about anything else. So like it is intended that you reach a bad end to learn information to to inform you on how do you get to the good end, how do you <laughs> overcome these challenges, and so like the idea of the anime just like quick timing all of the like 
probably more detailed and more fleshing out of other characters, of other mechanics, of other possible world lines. Like, like this show, I, we jump around world lines a lot because we're, you know, going through a lot of stuff really fast, but like, apparently every one of these world lines gets a bit more fleshed out about like, what is the world like in this specific butterfly effect reality? Um, and like, so, so I, I have the, again, I'm, I'm basically speculating from my own knowledge, but like, uh, of, you know, VNs and, and storytelling and stuff like that. But like this idea of in order to make it a single story that fits in like, you know, 26 episode length or whatever that reaches that true ending so much world building, character building, relationship building is getting short shrift. Uh, you know, to get us to that point, I never considered that, but I, I would say you're probably right. I, I would have to believe that. Yeah. And again, I'm speculating just going by like, because it is an element of like, you know, of course to play through that game to get that many endings and eventually the true ending is like, that is going to take way longer, but also like then when you get the true ending, it's going to hit harder because of how much more work you had to put into it because of like how many times you had to fail before finally getting it. Like I have to imagine whatever the ending of the show is probably doesn't land as hard as it would if you actually had to like work for it versus just watching someone else run around to make it happen quickly, you know, or relatively quickly. I see that. Um, you know, honestly, two two things. I'm sorry if you're finished. Uh, yeah, that that th- that's. I got a couple of other little things, but like this is the uh, th- this is like my most positive thing to say. I guess it's like I bet this game is yeah. super good. Fair. I, for for first off, you know, when you're describing all that, two things came to my mind. First off, when you're describing the the you know A ending, B ending. You, you have to choose between your love or your best friend, whoever they may be. Oh, I'm not going to lie. My brain, to, to you know, betray my age, Sam, went back to Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and all I heard is, choose Spider-Man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm sorry. And not to derail what you're saying, because I actually enjoyed what you had to say. But the second thing is, all of a sudden I realized, I think Life is Strange does the end, the time, kind of the time travel ending better. Yeah, Okay. I won't say why, yeah, but I, I think it does. Honestly, I, I haven't seen that to completion, but, like, yeah, if you want to talk about, like, butterfly effect time travel stuff, that is another... Uh, yeah. And doing it in an interactive medium, I think... Uh, interactive mediums love to take on this genre because I think there is that, you know, that is kind of games. It's about systems. It's about, I'm going to poke this piece, what happens, and talking about, like, time ripples is very natural for that that sort mm-hmm. of me- medium. But that being said, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, if you want to start a Patreon so I can play through all of Stein's Gate and have, you know, try and prove if Nick is right, you know, let us know because at this point I'm kind of convinced I would do that. And if we had a Patreon and people wanted to pay to watch me go through that and possibly emotionally suffer, I would be game. Uh, apparently in 2018, they did put out a re-release of the game, which brought in the animation from the anime to, to make mm-hmm. it like, like, oh, now it also like super refurbished and like a, a more unified experience, I guess. It's um, on my Steam wish list. There you go. Um, so, so, okay. So I say all that and like, 
the positive spin is I bet this game is really, really good. Um, and like that is pro like, especially when, like, you know, if the anime was critically acclaimed, it, you know, it's like, oh, if you thought this sounded good on cassette, wait till you hear the flack, you know, is, is kind of my yeah. argument here. Um, yeah, okay. but also like, I, I can absolutely turn it around and like, I am not interested in like, I think reading the wiki was a fine way to enjoy the story of this show because like, I think the actual watching of it, it does have issues because you look at it and like, so, you know. Let's talk about Dara. Daru? Dar Daru, yeah. Like he because he is so gross because this is a VN and of our like he's like the only other named character who is of romanceable age range who is male. So he needs to be gross in order to make uh, Okabe look like a better boyfriend by comparison. Gross. So I can see your point. He I has to do that. heavy lifting. Consider Okabe is Okabe. Um, yeah. And and then yeah, like 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 and, and like I said, there's there's a lot about like VNs trying to be edgy do get gross like this. That's why you know our 19 year old is tits out in the outro. This is why she gets murdered in the first scene. Like. Uh, what is it? One of my notes was, and again, she's very, as much as I like her, she's very tropey. One of my notes is, uh, I, I guess this is after Okabe walks in on Kurisu having a, a phone conversation and it's just like, oh, okay. So the smart one is also the exotic foreigner and also has sad secrets and needs someone to confide in, but also stubbornly always tries to keep up a stubborn cold facade. No wonder her root is the true end. You know, like, like once I, once I realize this is VN, like, it was distracting how obviously like shaped for a VN they're structured for a VN. Even the characters are in their like, there's so many and because there's so many, they're all kind of boiled down to like a single character trait, except for the one who is the main one, who is the one that like, or sorry, except for the two who are the ones for the two true main endings. And like, and like, but, but like, that's kind of the cool thing, right? Like, my understanding is like one of the uh game endings is like oh when when Ruka is born as a girl then Okabe doesn't have to have the gay panic about it and so they can actually go and like what is their relationship like where where they are the main pairing or the one that I like is um in the oops Yu-Gi-Oh timeline it's <laughs> Like that fork starts so far back that like there is never a gadget laboratory. The the pairing is um Okabe and Ferris and they are partners on the Rynet Battler circuit. And it's just I like to believe that too. Right? Like so it, it's just in like the game, because it's like that is going to run into a dead end, but they are going to take the time to to play that out. And it's this weird thing where it's just like when we don't see those fleshed out, what we end up with is what we have in the anime, which is a lot of one trait. It's just pure trope, you know? We they None of them have time to take that trope and do something interesting with it. Um, And so, so, yeah, like, and so, again, the fact that, like, it was the image of the satellite crashed into the side of the building <laughs> before the first OP when I said, oh, is this VN? Like, I wouldn't say it ruined the rest of my watch of it. Distracted. 
but it, it was distracting and I kind of had this thing where it's just like, man, I kind of like, if I was to check this out, I wish I was checking out the game. Like, like I said, I went into the show really on tilt for a way. I don't know why, but like one of my notes by my own final thoughts is just like for as far as like a movie or a show goes, I think the MST 3k seminal classic time chasers was a better version of the story they're telling here. But I think this is a rad game. Like, that's the thing. I think the concessions made... You don't like made, it as a show. You like it better as its, you know, source material. I, I, I think the story is going to be better fit and better told through the original medium. Because the okay. concessions that are made in turning it into a linear, non-interactive, one-ending show, I think kind of cripples it in a lot of ways. Well, you know, as with in so many movies, so many people say, you know, the visual novel was better than the show. Yeah, and I'm usually not that kind of person, but like, you know, maybe I would hate the visual novel and I would flip all of this right around. I mean, this is also partially like telling a story in different mediums. You're engaging with it differently. And depending on how you like to engage with stories, you might find one more compelling than the other. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was trying to. Well, while being a little snarky, be kind of get to the point. Is like I, I can see your point. Like this is probably better. A point I hadn't even considered at any time was like, it's probably actually yeah. There's probably a lot left on the cutting room floor because you are constricted to what twenty four episodes, uh, twenty five if you count the OVA, and never mind signs to get zero. Um, yeah, I could, I can see where you're coming from, and you're. You may be very right. The only reason I put that qualifier on there is because I really have no experience with the game. Yeah, I, like, I, I this is me trying to be positive. I'm I'm trying sure. to really hype, like, I think this is going to be the best way to do it. Because I bet, like, if you like this show, I bet you would love those games. And when we're done here, mm-hmm. I am going to link you some of the other VNs that I'm thinking of. Uh, no, no. Um, oh, I thought you meant, like, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! S- uh, Steins Gate. Like, no, hey, no, no. <laughs> like, uh, like I said, the Nonary games. Even, um, boy, okay. only a couple of years ago, like, uh, 13 Sentinels colon Aegis Rim was not so much what with, like... What the hell is that name? I it is guess what they're all named like that yeah um but that is also like are you familiar with the series Fates Day Night <laughs> Joe 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 we got to talk about something off yeah you know, let's just say yes there's a very that, obvious answer yes to that, that Joe yeah that started as a visual novel yeah I, know. Yeah, I learned that after the fact Joe <laughs> but yeah like the visual novels are a lot more common in Japan um yeah the ones we get are kind of the notable exceptions. Sure. Or the yeah. branded ones like Go Date, uh, Colonel Sanders, or a pigeon. Yeah. Or a very beautiful horse. Go fry your chicken. Get your chicken in that bag. You are not selling me on these at all. It's, it is extremely to taste. I'll say that. Like, there, there's enough of them that you can probably find one that is like, it's like, oh, yeah. I, I, that sounds like the sort of like genre of story I would like, and you can test the waters, and it either is for you or it's not. And like, like I said, this, this sort of like a, you know, edgy, let's kill teenagers kind of one is definitely like one genre of it. But like, the, uh, oh, what is the one, uh, long live the queen? That one is almost like a period piece where it's just like, hey, this is a, um, uh, a, princess who i guess the queen just died and so she has to like 
take over the throne and you were just like guiding her to be like, all right, today we should work on diplomacy. Today we should study today. We, and it's like, it's like a very elaborate Tamagotchi of royalty. That's a weird you sentence, know, but it's, I don't think I that's untrue. To, I need you to shoot straight with me. And this is not as probably much of a joke as you think it will be when I utter it. Sure. Is persona not a visual novel? Persona is absolutely a visual novel with okay, RPG okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, okay. absolutely, hundred percent, hundred thousand percent. Played a visual novel because I played Persona Five. Yeah, if if you take the you know the combat out of Persona, it's a visual novel. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering. Like, and actually, I mean, that's Persona just with combat. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Persona Three when they released it on the PlayStation Portable version. They replaced all of the running around bits with just like choose locations from a menu, at which point it was extremely just a visual novel. Like it didn't even have yeah, the 3D space in it anymore. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to say like, I remember Persona 5 was like, yeah, choose where you want to go. You still run around in that area, but right. for the most part, there were some you just didn't and you just got what was going to happen. But yeah, okay. Okay. So, okay. That may, okay. I okay, forgot. Cool. I forgot about Doki Doki Literature Club, which also loves to <sighs> kill and sexualize teens, and that one is Western made. So, or, yeah, that one's yeah, yeah, that one was a uh, that was an experience to watch other people play. But I did enjoy that one. I really liked hanging out with those characters when they weren't um, mm-hmm. canonically psychotic. That's for another time. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's a game that's kind of a trigger for me. I ain't gonna lie. There's there's it's, a lot of like, mm-mm, no, I'm not I participating don't, in this. I enjoyed it. I do not recommend it. <laughs> not without yeah, like uh, knowing what you're going into for sure. I've, Bob, I think you were with me on this. We watched Game Grumps play through it. Oh god. Yeah, and that's why I said like, mm, no, it was hard enough to watch that. And I think that's probably the one time I ever made myself suffer through something. Oh. Not because of the Game Grumps, but because of the game. Well, how would you feel knowing that there was a Sega Saturn uh, visual novel based on the Utena universe? Would you believe I knew about that because of Bijanian? That's the only reason I knew about it. I watched that whole thing. Yep, same here. I watched that without watching Utena, so that was a real trip. I think, actually, I hadn't watched Utena at that point, yeah. Hey, let's... Hey, yeah, I was just about to say... (laughs) Um, can we Let's add, I know, I need you to add a, a, a gavel clap noise yeah. to the soundboard that I can just hit when we start going too far off topic. Do it. Bring us into session. Do it, mm-hmm. do it, you coward. Okay. okay. Or you um, can do the objection from Phoenix Wright just to make it, you know, on brand. <laughs> no, just kind of a knock-knock, like, mm. thing. All right. Get this thing from Law and Order. Knock-knock, open up the door, we're weaves. <laughs> So we're we're two two against, or at least one one not in favor, but maybe the game, one that's kind of eh, eh, not not really doing it for you, and one I have to see this through, or I'm interested to see this through. Seeing it through will occur regardless. Yes, but now it's time to look at our lists. Right, I have an actual Remember, we do lists on this show. It's been a while. We do <laughs> listicles. No, we don't. Oh well. Hmm. No. Well. No. No. I don't, think there's don't make really. Me do this. Yep. I think there's only one that we can really add to. Top ten flying pussyfoots. Numbers two through ten will surprise you. 
That's what we do. At the end of the season, we I'll put these out as listicles. It's like, you okay. got me. Okay. Um, but yes, uh, opening theme song. Uh, honestly, I will put this at eight. Pushing down Spy Family. Oh wow! Wow. Uh, yeah. For me, really? I actually I didn't mind it. It it was a good enough beat. I mean, I'm glad. I just didn't think it would be that Spy Family. I've done well, re-listening. It's where I feel it, and sure. fair. Like, don't be wrong. I and, like it, and I feel bad, Chuck. So this will be the only mean thing I say. I think it was the best part of the episodes I watched. Oh. I mean, don't worry. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. You're not hurting my feelings. It's, also, it's disappointing so, in the sense of like I'm sad it didn't work, but eh. yeah. Well, the the first Spy Family opening is still at number five. So okay, okay, true, true, true. Sorry, that's the one I was thinking of. Any thoughts about the closing song? Even though we don't rank those? Uh, I like the intro better. Okay. No, no, you are correct. Uh, it's rare because we I found would... that usually the outros are better than the intros. Joe, would you mind if I gave you an incredibly minor and truly kind of irrelevant spoiler? Go for it. The one thing I really appreciate about the opening about this, there are certain points as this series goes on. It's still the same visuals for the opening, but if you actually are paying attention, especially when you get to the last episode, the lyrics change. Oh. It's it's all part of the same overall OP. You're just getting, like, progressively the full version of it. That's fun. Yeah, that's something like... I didn't catch it the first time. I think I was watching it the second time, and that caught my attention. Like, oh, well, this is a treat. Uh, okay. Uh, Android anime waifus. Alpaca man. Alpaca man. That's okay. Just to, of, just to get the reaction uh, out of Bob. Uh, no. No. Okay, no. but would he be an anime horse? I mean, oh. you, know, you know what? You'll get to throw him at. Mm, well, crap, I like all of them already. Uh, we'll, we'll put him above Posture King. I was going to say, he could be a wow. runner-up, too. We have the separate yeah, list of runners-up. Runners up. That's true, but I well, like Alpaca Man. They're generally runners-up because they do not technically qualify as horses, even yeah, by our side. We'll, we'll, we will throw him in runner-up because no one actually rides him. I made a joke and it got through. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we know what Alpaca Man means. Um, okay, I have some other contenders for this. Um, Upa, the little metal guy from the Gachapon machine. Is he a waifu or a horse? Either. Kurisu's a waifu. Not an android waifu. But he's made of metal, and he's adorable. I wouldn't kick him out of bed. Of metal or just kind of coated lightly in a metal-like substance? Yeah. He's probably the, like, metal diecast, so, you know, Hot Wheels car level? He's a metal diecast. Yeah. yeah, like I said, the Gachapon machines over there, no joke, when you get a rare one, it's okay. cool. Okay. Like, I knew there was, could be some good things, I just didn't know, like, how often. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, mm, I don't know if I'd call it a waifu. Okay, fair enough. I, I would, like, if we had, like, a best in, in-universe, like, mascots, y- y- I would say, sure, it's, an, it's a mascot, 100%. But so is my Yuri, because that's what she is, is a mascot. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I'm just uh, recognizing I mean, that we don't know the HP values of our anime waifus, but we oh, could probably yeah. get it. Um, oh, man. 
Uh, I mean, the closest I could come to, like, an anime, or an anime, <laughs> an android waifu is maybe Moaka, just for how she behaves, except when you try to take her phone. See, okay, so here's what I was thinking. Uh, we do have Daru in the show, and he absolutely considers something in the show to be his own anime waifu. So He does have his harem. What about, like, the IBN 500 and whatever? I, okay. Uh, okay, I would concede to that because everyone is after it. Right, Joe. Joe, I need your strength. Yes. We we, we need a, an impenetrable wall that says no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with no. Oh. I'm here for the trolling of it. I'm just here to you know, dry, you know egg Nick on at this point, just to like yes, because I appreciate this thinking outside the box. Oh, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> I, I yes. will not go unheard. Um, so free. This doesn't have to be the according to by audience. <laughs> since you can't see what we can see, we now have a new tagline for anim- Android waifu runner-ups, starring the only runner-up, the IBN fifty-one hundred. Uh, this is probably the best part of the show. Why do we even do the rest? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I don't actually. For once, I don't feel like there's a flying pussyfoot. Is it Maybe. not the phone wave? The <laughs> the satellite that crashes satellite. into that building? Yeah, the satellite. The, yeah, the, the totally satellite. a satellite and nothing else. Okay, a, yeah. A crashed satellite. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's not how you spell satellite. Um Yeah, is that I believe that's all our, our rankings? All our, our And if my rememberies remember, because it has been a minute, I that I saved the Jonana for last in this category. You did. You graduated again, Bob. Oh, man. We need to get a song for this. Or a sound effect. <laughs> oh, good sound effect. E? Mega List. Mega Jessup. Megatron. Yeah, well, now we go into the next. The next yes, you have, you have graduated <laughs> from the modern average oh, anime boy. fair. And we're moving into the baggage tier. Can I just add in? I think, yeah, like as an emotional baggage, which I could say. Too, oh, it's the Joker category. Kinda, cause, uh. And weirdly, Bobby, most of my trip picks ended up here. <laughs> yeah, Bob, I'm not gonna lie. Picking Steinsgate as the last one to work actually was a nice bridge, cause man, is there some baggage in that show. A real good segue. Yeah, that was, oh, that was perfect and you didn't even know it. Uh, oh my god, do we really only have four? Yes, there are four options in this category. Of which are, only, oh wow. Yeah, three of them are mine, one of them is maps. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I put one in there. Alright, your choices are. Area man accepts burden of being only person who understands how world actually works. It's little ghost bugs. Uh, can you, can you give me a read that again? But it like, uh, like you're whispering in somebody's ear from like a foot away on the, the little ending. No. <laughs> no, no, you leave that in. That stays in. That has to stay in or it's our stinger. I refuse to do ASMR on this channel or any channel. Um, anyway, uh, your second choice is living well is the best revenge, but what if also revenge in space? Your third choice, 
How I Learned to Find Value in Myself and Love Magic. Your fourth choice. Well, 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 if it isn't the murderous consequences of my own actions. This is a great tier. I'm just going to say that now. This is a great tier. This whole thing, I'm just like, oof. I feel like we haven't really touched on magic too much lately, so I think I'll go with that. You would pick that one. It's not what I put in here, Bob. And you know this title. You have chosen Ancient Magus Bride. Really, I do know that title. I didn't really sit down and watch, like, full episodes through at all. No, you just heard me, you know, gush over. (laughs) Yes. About a guy with a mask, I think. No, no, that's his head. That's way too young for him. Connects her to a cabin because that's (laughs) normal. Yep. Anime. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh my god, Bob, you actually gave me an excuse not only to rewatch season one, but also catch up on all of Megas Bride that I haven't been able to watch since the Eye Operation. (laughs) There we go. Oh, yeah, because season two's second half is airing right now, and it's good. I'm sure. Alright, so that will be next time. And I think that concludes this world line. One way to find out which one of us is not dying or dying. Nose goes. (laughs) Rip Bob. (laughs) Catch you suckers on the Delta world line. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. Cotty 3 You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served. I'm watching it happen. I'm watching it happen. <laughs> this Confirmed. Is, she has pl- un- unplugged and replugged. It's It's been really fun. With the new desk setup, I get to watch mm-hmm. over Joe's shoulder, and every time we say something, watch a new tab come up on a wiki about whatever we were just talking about. It's really fun. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> guys. Do my job. I know. It's great. I love it. <laughs>